What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of... The only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related. And we don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. No matter how you What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode. As always, if you're not subscribed, highly, highly encourage it. In fact, 65% of people watching right now aren't subscribed, so you could definitely do wonders by hitting that subscribe button, hitting that bell to get all notifications. In fact, if you do hit that subscribe button and that bell to get all notifications, I can guarantee that Pete Davison will not be taking your gal, okay? <laughs> and yes, people, that is my attempts at mainstream humor. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's carry Carry on, shall we? We got a whole episode of stories, big stories. I'm ready. Let's do it. And first story on the docket. This was announced, I believe, either Friday or over this weekend. But either way, it was a massive announcement because, again, there's just so many very big stories a part of this episode. I guess let's start off with this one because we just recently spoke on a couple different occasions now that there was some insight, little leaks here or there, a, a, a president from a company here or there talking about it. But now we actually have 100% confirmation on what's going down with the future of the Jujutsu Kaisen anime in particular with season 2 y'all know we had season 1 it rocked the freaking world then we got that Jujutsu Kaisen 0 film that is doing gangbusters over there in Japan right now I'm anxiously waiting for it we got one more month to go but uh, I'm gonna be here when it shows up and now we actually have confirmation regarding Jujutsu Kaisen where they're going forward in terms of the next season season 2 Let's read. It says here, Jujutsu Kaisen anime gets second season in, this might crush a lot of people, 2023. According to this, it says here, the cast of Geki Joban Jujutsu Kaisen Zero anime film and Jujutsu Kaisen's TV anime announced after a Saturday afternoon screening that the TV series will get a second season in 2023. The film's website had teased last month that the screening on Saturday would have an important announcement. Manga creator Gege Akutami drew an illustration to commemorate the success of the film and the announcement of the second season. The illustration features a comment from Akutami to thank readers, viewers, and all involved in the production. And it's a picture of, which is kind of funny, I guess, is also to, you know, thank everybody for the film and whatnot. Because it's actually Utah and um, something to do with Utah. I'm trying not to jump into spoilers for people that haven't seen the film yet or uh, read the manga of that or whatnot. But yeah, you would think it would have been like maybe all of the characters or maybe like Utah and Yuji standing side by side to thank the movie and the TV anime. But Junya Enoki, the voice actor for the show's protagonist, Yuji Itadori, appeared at the event to announce the new season. Wait a minute, wasn't he actually actually announced to have had covid or he was there was something there maybe it was already announced that he came back with a negative testing after the fact maybe that's what it is because why else would he be there the staff at the event rolled a box onto the stage and enoki popped out of the box wearing a sash that congratulated the movie on its hit run when enoki turned around the sash is back announced the second season that is a cool way to announce the second season i'm not gonna lie a screen above the cast then added that the season will premiere in 2023 part of the surprise in enoki's appearance is that he had tested positive 
for COVID on January 31st. So it was like a big deal. Like, oh, okay, that, that makes a little more sense. And like we have reported, it says MBS TV channel's president basically came out and spoke a little bit about it. So essentially, they were just waiting for the film to have a decent run. It's probably starting to get removed from Japanese theaters over there because it's been there since what? Uh, the 24th of December. So it's been well over a month. So now they're probably winding down. They're like, okay, uh, let's announce the TV anime, which thank goodness, because yeah, it's good to have a date. I guess in terms of everything that MAPPA has going on right now, 2023 sounds more reasonable. If it was just that like MAPPA only did Jujutsu Kaisen or something, then I would be like, oh, come on, really? All the way 2023? But the fact of the matter is they got way too many titles. Hell's Paradise, Chainsaw Man. They're finishing Attack on Titan. There's rumors of an Attack on Titan movie potentially in development. There's rumors of them grabbing other titles. Like there's so much on MAPPA's plate right now that 2023 seems like the only logical place to put this. And it might not even be early 2023 at that. Maybe it might be summer or something. Because again, there's just a lot on MAPPA's plate. So I ain't really mad at it. I think we got a lot of big heavy hitters. Not to mention other studios like the Return of Bleach and stuff. So I think 2022 for the most part is covered with really awesome stuff. It's a shame for hardcore Jujutsu Kaisen fans. Don't get me wrong. Like dogs, yo, we, we got some special incoming with this next season. But it's understandable. Like dog, MAPPA has just way too much on their plate to be throwing out another season of Jujutsu Kaisen. Especially while there's still a film in theaters right now and still has to make a run worldwide. So let 2022, let Jujutsu Kaisen Zero kind of, you know, wrap things up, get everybody globally, and then boom, 2023, back at it with another season. And shout outs again to Gagaku Tommy because, yeah, you deserve it, fam. You've been doing amazing work. And yes, people, once again, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, 2023, let's go. Next up, people, in light of talking about continuations, this is another major one that a lot of people are going to be talking about. A lot of people are going to be hype over this one. If you wasn't hype about the story we just talked about regarding Jujutsu Kaisen's next season, then you're going to probably be hype about this because every Sunday for the last, I don't know how many weeks now, last couple months at the very least, has just been a bonanza. People being really excited about the high quality that has been released by a couple different anime, such as Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer. But the big question, because there was even some murmurings about like some Demon Slayer news that was supposed to be popping up, and a lot of people were speculating, okay, what they're gonna do next. A lot of people were like, well, Mugen Train was a big smash hit. The next logical step is maybe another film, right? One season, a movie, a season, a movie, or something like that. But actually, they did not announce that. In fact, they announced the exact opposite because we got a big announcement with the finale of Demon Slayer Season 2. What's next? And it's not a film. It's actually the next season of the anime. Although they're not titling it like Demon Slayer Season 2. They're giving it like arc names, which I, in business, it makes more sense. The more you can make something appeal episodic, like anybody could jump in, the better. So if you put a Season 1, Season 2, Season 3, it kind of stops a lot of people from jumping in because they're like, oh, I gotta go. There's like 20 seasons or some shit like that so the way they're marketing it is a very smart idea in my opinion but let's read the press release so we can see exactly what we're about to get into with the future of the demon slayer tv anime it says here demon slayer manga swordsmith village arc gets tv anime the demon slayer kimetsu no yaiba entertainment district arc anime ended on sunday with an announcement that demon slayer kimetsu no yaiba manga's swordsmith village arc aka katana kaiji no sato will also have a TV anime. Director Haruo Sotozaki, character designer and chief animation director Akira Matsushima, the animation studio Ufotable, and the main cast are all returning. And we got two really, really epic, freaking awesome visuals for two of the Hashira there. It just looks freaking amazing. I can't freaking wait. I'm not going to lie because we already had, which it seems to be ever since the introduction of the 
Kashira. Marketing for the series has moved onward from just being like about demons and, you know, looking at Tanjiro and the crew. And more so, it looks like with every season now, they're going to market it as, yo, check out the next on the Hashira list. We had Rengoku smash hit with the Mugen train. He marketed the crap out of that with his imagery. Boom! The Entertainment District arc. We had Tengen Uzui. And now we got two more. It says, And it just says here about the TV anime debuting in April 2019. So, give a little bit more insight. But essentially, in a nutshell, Demon Slayer Swordsmith Village Edition has been decided to be made into a TV anime. And the teaser, again, is of two of these Hashira. And it doesn't say a date either which i'm hoping if they're announcing it now and they're gonna be going down this direction right because technically there was only what 11 episodes of the entertainment district arc technically even though like a couple of them were extended and whatnot like it was a short run so maybe they might just go that route like every year 12 episodes and if that's the case or 11 whatever i guess i'll be fine with that like eventually we'll get through it right and if they're dropping it at the quality that they've been doing that makes people back off a little bit like that's one of the things that i noticed it wasn't that big of a deal to people this season of Demon Slayer opposed to many years ago. I remember Attack on Titan season two. People were very angry that it was only 12 episodes when season one was 25 episodes. I didn't see that commotion here with Demon Slayer, especially considering we got a re-adaptation for the Mugen Train stuff or whatnot. So I think that because of the high quality, people are like, ah, but it's so freaking high quality. Who cares? Yeah, give me 12 of that every year. I got a million other anime to watch in the meantime. Mm, that's not a bad way to look at it, to be honest with you. But yeah, people, Demon Slayer, the next arc already announced, Swordsmith Village, TV anime continuing. It doesn't seem like we got a movie in the works as of right now. But that's not to say that they're not going to announce one in the future because, again, it made too much damn money. But, yeah, we're going to see more Hashira, Swordsmith Village arc. Let's go, baby. Season 2 was better than Season 1. Insane. Moving forward, it's just Mappa, Mappa, Mappa everywhere you turn. You can't freaking escape it because we got a little bit more insight now into Chainsaw Man, which I want to say was kind of already confirmed. But for the most part, we got extra confirmation. It says here, Chainsaw Man anime release date was officially released by Mappa at the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero event. So at that actual event, Mappa was like, well, we might as well tell them something else about some other titles we got. The anime is scheduled to begin broadcasting in October 2022, which for the most part, I feel like that's where we all thought it was going to be. I believe it was even mentioned fall, but they gave confirmation now. So now we know again that this is going to be a packed year and it's going to be, I ain't gonna lie, very, very an anxious wait, so to speak, because Chainsaw Man right now, it has such a high buzz. If that anime goes way too CGI, people don't like it. It's going to be bad like that's the biggest concern that I'm having right now and worry of are they gonna be able to mesh it well with the CG of the chainsaws and all that stuff how is it gonna work how is it gonna look is it gonna be fluid is it gonna be palatable for people like where are they gonna go with this so that's one of the things that I'm a little bit skeptical about but either way now we got 100% confirmation October 2022 Chainsaw Man Mappa they're making so many major moves there's just so much right now it's so weird that like, we used to talk about a lot of different studios back in the day we used to say hey one pictures oh my god studio bones studio madhouse yo toy and, and piro they're doing their thing over there now we talk about mappa uh, oh and ufotable did something incredible we'll, we'll check them next time more mappa more mappa more mappa it's crazy but the evolution of the anime industry is that mappa's taking over and chainsaw man's gonna be big and i can't wait they actually just sent out my nendroids that i pre-ordered like a freaking year ago oh my god i know that's irrelevant or well it's technically relevant it's chainsaw man either way chainsaw man october 2022 y'all know the deal we must stand chainsaw man okay people next up uh gamers that are fans of this anime that has a game coming out we've spoke about it a couple different times now an eden zero game was coming well it says here eden zero 
Pocket Galaxy February 24th delivery decision. So it seems as though this is going to be coming February 24th. And pre-registration has finally started on the App Store and Google Play, which I think that's only for Japan technically. And there was a launch trailer for the game as well. Go to space with just one smartphone. The beginning of a new adventure at Eden Zero. Is that what that says? It says, no, Poke, Poke, yo, Yaura. I don't freaking know how to, what that means. But either way, yeah, the Eden Zero, there's a new trailer for the video game coming out, which now that we got the announcement about the anime, it seems as though Eden Zero is still going strong. The only thing that really Eden Zero is lacking on, in my opinion, is the manga sales aren't going astronomical which i think the second season might be able to remedy like because i've heard nothing but great things so maybe that'll be the kickoff part because everywhere else the anime is very popular a lot of people are talking about it it got a freaking game coming out for it it's created by one of the most notable names in manga hiromashima the only thing is that the manga isn't going like doing 100k or 200k uh first week of stuff like that that gets to that point then eden zero is a certified smash but as it stands right now the only thing that is lacking is the manga but we got a new game coming coming out for it I, I still haven't really gotten into the fairy tale one that one million years ago that i actually voted on back in the day as well so i really got to get in and catch up on my gaming i'm so far behind on all of it but uh yeah new eden zero game trailer looks all right i can't freaking wait to play it and i want to say i think hiro mashima is like developing it too so that that man's hustle man that man's hustle something disgusting like but i love it eden zero game February 24th, pre-registered now. Again, it's on the Japanese thing, so I don't know what the global release is going to be like if there's one planned. Next up, this was something that kind of has me wondering, right? Because we just spoke about, in this episode alone, two different franchises that upon, actually three now that I think about it, upon their finishing, you know, their, their run, whether it be their season or their finale, whatever it may be, having big announcements. We got a freaking another season of one anime, another season of another anime, a video game of another anime, or with them wrapping up so i think that this is going to be very important and very vital for whatever is going to happen at the end of attack on titans anime run because according to this which this has been in the works for a little bit there will be an attack on titan final season part two panel at anime japan 2022 on march 27th so right there they could be using that opportunity to okay boom we're gonna announce we got a spinoff coming we're gonna announce we got another game coming we're gonna announce we got a film an anime original film or it's going to be the film to finish things off. So there could be a lot of things coming. But again, considering that's how they've been leading things a lot lately. Like, okay, boom, Attack on Titan finish. We're going to give you an announcement. That probably could be the big thing. And I'm going to be very, very interested. And I'm going to keep my, my ear to the pulse of what's going on in the Attack on Titan fandom right now. Because one of the big things is that it feels like it's, you know, supposed to be over, right? Especially like if you're watching the anime right now, you're not thinking that, way. Hey, there might be a spinoff. It might continue on. You just want to see it end. However, Based on, without any spoilers, don't worry. All I'm going to say is that the way the manga ended, there is a possibility somehow, some way that maybe potentially they could do something with the story moving forward. That's all I'm going to say. It could be that there's one flower left, you know, after everything is all said and done and that flower or some shit. You, you just never know. So there is definitely that possibility. And I'm just curious to see what they're going to do. Because if they try to go the Boruto route, fans is going to wild out. Like, yeah. So this big announcement, again, it could be nothing. It could be that they're just doing a big event. They're going to sell merch they're gonna sell you know colored versions of the manga all sorts of stuff could be the case with that 
Or it could be that they're announcing more, which I don't see them not announcing more because Kodansha, Attack on Titan is one of their flagships. Like now, Kodansha, they pretty much got Attack on Titan, they got Tokyo Revengers that's doing disgusting numbers, and they got a few other titles, but they're nowhere near like with Shueisha. Shueisha has such a large repertoire of series that one ends, it's no sweat off their back. If Black Clover or if My Hero, both of them ended right now, it's really no sweat off their back because all they got to do is release a Demon Slayer coloring book and it's going to outsell what those two manga would have did volume-wise. Like, I'm just being 100% honest. So, they're at a position where series are expendable for the most part over there in Shueisha. Kodansha is not there. Kodansha, it still needs that Tokyo Revengers stretch. It still needs those Attack on Titan volumes. They don't have the type of repertoire and the type of popularity and mainstream success that a Shueisha title off the bat has. One Piece, Naruto, Bleach, Dragon Ball Z, Hitman Reborn. Like, you just name it and they, they got it. So, again, I'll keep a lookout to see what's coming for this Attack on Titan final panel. It could be absolutely nothing or it could be the beginnings to a colossal reemergence for the series and yeah I'm waiting to see either way attack on titan final panel that they're doing at anime japan march 27th only time will tell okay people and last story of the episode is an update regarding an anime that netflix recently announced that it was doing this one which kind of still shocks me because i'm still stuck off of how much i really enjoyed that six episode ova the old series bastard we talked about it on Fineva news a couple different times now that there's a new bastard anime that is incoming from netflix well we got a little bit more updates over on it it says here bastard heavy metal dark fantasy which don't worry it's not like about in case you're like oh i don't want to hear a heavy metal you know like what is he a heavy metal singer that's just like the vibe of it uh anime will have a total of 24 episodes divided into two cores this is good so basically what's going to happen more than likely is we're going to have 12 episodes and then boom it's going to go on break for like three to six months and then 12 more although i don't know if there's going to be like a tv airing thing and they're doing the same thing like what they're doing with jojo's and what they do with eden zero so we gotta wait and see but either way 24 episodes divided into two cores that also gives them time to make 12 really awesome looking episodes break and work on those other 12 and make them really good looking so to speak so we'll see but i think netflix has their hands filled because bastard is never really like you know it's not the most popular title especially outside of japan like i couldn't right now call up and hit up three bastard fans let alone you know something that is like oh you got bastard so i think they could do a lot of different things as long as they don't stray too far away from the source material but making a really good adaptation of bastard and throw it on netflix it could take off, but it's not really one of those things that's riding on, like, the nostalgia resurgence because there's not that many Bastard fans out there. I'm one of the very few that I know that I'm like, yo, I love Bastard. I could rewatch Stark Snyder and those OVAs on a million times. But, yeah, 24 episodes divided into two cores. Can't freaking wait. I'm excited. I ain't gonna lie, man. Bastard. Hopefully they do it justice, though. Hopefully they don't play around because Bastard is a... Uh, the few fans that does rock with Bastard, we're hardcore, baby, okay? And, yeah, 24 episodes for Bastard Netflix. Let's go. It's something very, very horrible. Very, very horrible because the working conditions, y'all already know, in the anime industry is absolutely horrendous. Very, very bad to say the least in terms of these people don't get adequate sleep. These people are, are treated like if they're just created. They were born into this world to draw animation, to make anime. Like, that's literally the way they live. I remember it was a big controversy. I believe it was last year, if I'm not mistaken, where we saw the director 
director of Attack on Titans anime over at MAPPA, the new studio that's handling it. And dude had the most giant bags under his eyes and people were in disbelief and it was trending everywhere. People were like, holy cow, like that's the director of Attack on Titan. And we know that Studio MAPPA, they infamously have a lot of titles and there's been some controversy going on over there in terms of like they're overworked, they're not getting paid, you know, the way they want to be paid or the, they deserve to be paid and it's pretty bad. Now the latest with what's going on right now, in case you don't know, the final season of Attack on Titan is currently airing with the final season part two, again by Studio MAPPA. And one of the directors said something that was making a few waves over on Twitter. And it was just heartbreaking to hear. Absolutely heartbreaking. Let's read. At Teruyukiom, he said, I went home for the first time in three days. And he said that on February 7, 2022. So if he went home for the first time in three days, that means he was more than likely at Studio Mappa. Unless, I don't know, he went uh, for a vacation. Unless something crazy, which I highly doubt in the middle of a hectic work schedule and, and all of that stuff that they have going on right now that he just, hey, you know, unless, I don't know, maybe he got arrested and he spent the night in Bookins or some shit like that. No, that's more than likely due to his... Um, insanely bad work schedule over there at Studio MAPPA creating Attack on Titan and I ain't gonna lie that when I saw that I, at first I had to look at it like what you haven't been home this is the first time you've been home in three days what have you been doing if this man has been slaving away drawing for the last three days and he's just now getting home that's terrible and the fact that it doesn't help or benefit when he's saying things like that where if you remember again it was I want to say about a year or so ago that Studio MAPPA were talking about oh yeah we created this new center they built this whole new living quarters essentially where people could stay for days on end drawing so they basically made like a living studio at, at mappa and if even the director right because you know th there's ranks there's like an entry level freelance animator there's different levels to this shit Ultimately, if a director is putting to the point of he's taking three days to get home that is horrible. Like, the working conditions over in the anime industry might be even worse than we thought if this is occurring. I mean, again, we've seen the pictures of what do look like with the bags under his eyes. I don't know, man. And where do we, where do the consumers come in, right? Because we love anime so much. A lot of people, they forget that there's people that, you know, real life people that bleed, sweat, and cry over all this shit. Blood, sweat, and tears, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that, that people won't even go out and, like, you know, let's just say there should be a protest. There should be something going on. Um, to, to help these people because again that's unacceptable you're working for three days straight on attack on titan and then on top of that i can only imagine what their mindsets must be like i'm killing myself to make this and then there's going to be the dude that's going to come out and say this is trash or they ruined what studio wit did so you, you imagine what the mental health status of these people is going to be things need to change people are going to crash and burn and eventually that studio map of quality that you know high budgeted jazz that they give us is going to start deteriorating because when you don't got the talent when you don't got the experienced people anymore because they're dying or they're walking away from the industry because they can't do it anymore then what then everybody's gonna suffer regardless so i think studio mappa and all of the anime studios that do things like that uh need a reality check and need to take care of their staff asap before it gets worse because that's not good that's a class action lawsuit but yeah, I, I I just absolutely had to address this. The director of Attack on Titan talking about he ain't been home in three days. What is going on over there in Japan? Studio Mappa, I don't care how great your anime is. At the cost of human life, it's not freaking worth it. So y'all need to get it together and stop treating these people this way. I mean, 
for the love of God. Three days? Let's move on before this goes from me giving you the news to me ranting. Okay, people, next up, we got updates on the final chapter of Fire Force. I want to say it was about a week or so ago now at this particular point that they were talking about, boom, Fire Force has two chapters left. Now we're getting updates on the final chapter. It says here, the final chapter of Fire Force by Atsushi Okubo will have 33 pages, including 13 color pages that's pretty freaking awesome the manga will also get one of those rare manga covers of weekly manga magazine issue 13 on february 23rd for its finale and the current lineup of weekly shonen magazine artists will offer tribute illustrations as well you know as one final farewell to fire force and that's crazy a chapter left like it was just the other day i was going to report and i was like i'll get to it eventually that there's two chapters left we're at the final chapter stage of fire force wow and when you know it, it happens i'll report on that as well to let you guys know fire force is over but yikes a, a chapter away it's so crazy it's gonna definitely feel a little bit emptier without uh, atsushi okubo's fire force and without atsushi okubo because if you remember correctly if you've been following he did say back in 2020 this was going to be his final manga they did soul leader now he's doing you know fire force and he's wrapping it up and he's walking away so man salute to that guy right fire force doing uh, how many what a couple hundred chapters something crazy like that like fire force ran for an ill minute i think it started serialization i want to say about 2015 ish if i'm not mistaken it might have been 2015 um that's that's a long run that's a long run it had a couple of seasons it probably maybe might get one more hopefully i hope they wrap that shit up with the anime man don't don't leave it on suspended animation but yeah people final chapter of fire force again 33 pages including 13 color pages the final hoorah which i'm also hearing something very interesting i have no idea so i'm not trying to spoil anything but i'm hearing there's potential that fire force could actually be connected canonically to soul eater like it could be a prequel of some sorts if i'm not mistaken i'm hearing rumblings of that and if that's the case that's really freaking awesome, and I love to see it, and that's kind of dope as well. Atsushi Okubo combining both of his universes together and then walking away like, yo, dog, this is what I created. I put this together. This is what I spent my last 20, 30 years making. Y'all have fun with it. I did what I needed to do. So if that's the case, that's dope too. But shout out to Fire Force, man. It's been a, been a hell of a ride. It's been a it's been a hot ride, right? Fire Force. <laughs> Remember what we called it? Fire Brigade of Flames. What happened to that? But yeah, people, Fire Force final chapter. It's, it's, it's here. Next up, people. I was really, really excited to talk about this. It's not anime. It's not manga. But it's nerd culture. And it's something that means a lot to me. And I'm sure a few of you out there may have heard of it. And may have liked it. May have been a part of the, you know, culture. Uh, following of this series uh because it used to also air on a channel that did and still does air anime titles which is kind of dope with adult swim in case you or i think it's returning to adult swim if i'm not mistaken after being gone for so long after they lost family guy they were like oh can we get futurama back at least so we don't completely die in the water over here uh yeah futurama is making a return now i believe the return is not actually happening on adult swim if i'm not mistaken there's a little bit of details here but futurama returning first of all when i heard this news i was like yo tell me i, I i'm sure there's so many people out there that they spent so many late nights back in the day when it was on Adult Swim like with the Family Guy and, and Futurama combo and just enjoying and theorizing. I used to theorize about this shit. I loved it even though it was wacky or whatever. That Time travel is so fascinating to me. And then the fact that the creator I believe of the of Futurama is one of the creators of The Simpsons and a lot of people always say that's how he got the, the Simpsons everything right with it or all the stuff that's right is because he's actually fried. Like I love all of that shit. I think that's so cool. But yeah we got a, a, a return. The first thing that 
I read personally here was it was over on Twitter on the Hollywood Reporter that Futurama has been revived for a 20 episode run on Hulu and the original creators will return along with voice actors uh, Billy West, Katie Siegel and more. But let's get into the nitty gritty so we can get all the details and this is uh, courtesy of Variety. Shout outs to them. Futurama revival ordered at Hulu with multiple original cast members returning. They better have John DiMaggio. You don't got John DiMaggio. You don't got nothing. Uh, good news everyone. Futurama is being revived at Hulu. Hey, my Hulu X uh, Spotify account is finally going to come in handy. Uh, oh, and of course, not only that, and it won't just be to use Hulu to beat out the crashes of Crunchyroll and them when Attack on Titan airs. Hey. Variety has learned that the streaming service has ordered 20 new episodes of the adult animated sci-fi comedy series. The revival hails from David X. Cohen and Matt Groening. Cohen developed the original series with Groening, the series creator. Original series cast members Billy West, Katie Siegel, Tress McNeil, Morris Lamarck, Lauren Tom, Phil Lamar, and David Herman will all return. John DiMaggio, who voiced Bender in several minor characters, is not currently attached. That's not good, man. No Bender, no Sender. No, no, no robot, no go, pa. Uh, according to an individual with knowledge of the project, the producers are hopeful DiMaggio will return. Should that not happen, Bender will be recasted. Though DiMaggio did not initially make a statement about the revival, he retweeted several posts in which others expressed their desire for him to return. Which means more than likely that he's right now negotiating. Negotiating for a nice uh, payday. Uh, at John DiMaggio needs to come back as Bender or this isn't good news, everyone. While another simply said, come on, pay the man. Yeah, we know it's, it's money. Later Wednesday afternoon, DiMaggio did provide an update through his Twitter, thanking fans for their concerns and promising to keep people posted on his potential involvement with the project. Production will begin this month with an eye towards a 2023 premiere. I'm thrilled to have another chance to think about the future, or really anything other than the present, said Cohen. It's a true honor to announce the triumphant return of Futurama one more time before we get cancelled abruptly again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and of course, if you don't know about Futurama, Futurama focuses on the life of Philip Fry West, a 25-year-old pizza delivery boy who accidentally freezes himself on December 31st, 1999, and wakes up a thousand years later with a fresh start at life and a new group of friends, including Leela, a tough but lovely one-eyed mutant, and Bender, a robot who is fond of drinking excessively, smoking cigars, and stealing anything not nailed down. My corner robot lad! No. <laughs> this marks the second time the show's been brought back since it's originally launched in 1999, after its initial four-season run on Fox. Reruns of the show found new life as part of the Adult Swim lineup on Cartoon Network and on DVD. Four direct-to-video films were then produced, which were later re-edited into a fifth season that aired on Comedy Central starting in 08. Comedy Central would go on to air two more seasons consisting of 26 episodes each between 2010 and 2013. The show developed a strong cult following over the years and was also met with critical success. It was nominated for 14 Emmy Awards in total, winning six. Like, yo, Futurama was that thing dog and i'm so freaking happy to say it's returning hulu y'all doing god's work but john dimaggio better be there john dimaggio better be there or i don't know what's gonna happen people but yeah futurama returning 20 episodes hulu let's do it if they don't have john dimaggio then i don't know i don't even want ben to recast it just have it that bender went for a drink and he ain't come back or something even though futurama without bender is it really futurama okay next up people we got a little bit of an insight into the upcoming chapter of the boruto naruto next generation manga if you don't know and don't worry i'm not going to give any spoilers other than the text that i'm about to read that might have some sort of uh remnants of spoilers to it i guess you would say ultimately the boruto manga i give it in a nutshell it's freaking awesome right now it is at a 
a very high climax. Something very deadly is going on right now. It is crazy. I'm highly, highly anticipating it because Boruto Manga 2021 ended off on a high note. Started 2022 on a major high note. So right now, as Boruto fans, we're really freaking excited. And we got a little bit more of a spoiler here. It says here by Abdul Zoldak. Check out this preview text blurb for Boruto Chapter 67. It says here, Boruto Chapter 67 preview text via Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 11. Boruto and Kawaki, whose fate have been turned upside down by karma. The fierce battle over karma has reached a new stage. What lies ahead? And I'll be honest with you, that isn't the most giving insight. I thought this was going to be a little bit more than that. Since, again, Boruto Kawaki, whose fates have been turned upside down by karma. Yeah, in a, in a major way, they've been turned upside down. And the fierce battle over karma has reached a new stage. What lies ahead? Uh, well, <laughs> spoilers. I got I to gotta talk about spoilers just for like the next, I don't know. Not even 60 seconds. I just, I gotta say that. Um, three, two, one. We're gonna say the spoiler. You ready? You ready? I, I'm giving you time. If you're listening to this on the full Forever News episode, wherever you're at, you got time. But now the time is over because I'm about to say that Boruto is seemingly <clears throat> dead. Boruto is seemingly dead right now. Kawaki seemingly killed them. And yeah, that, that that's definitely changed the, the fate with the karma. But there's still so many questions right now. It's so exciting, so interesting. And yeah, I was hoping that that would have given a little bit more because it was kind of hyped up to me when it was brought to me. Like, yo, you got to check this out. And I was like, oh, oh, Fierce Battle uh, reached a new stage. Yeah, stage called death. But yeah, <laughs> uh, Boruto 67, we're only what? less than a week away from the chapter so i'm excited about that and yeah this is gonna be a big one this is probably going to be one of the biggest boruto chapters of all time to be honest with you now that i think about it because this is going to set forth whatever's going to happen regarding a time skip potentially and just in general the future of the manga leading to boruto and kawaki being older however old they are that time skip so i'm excited but yeah again not the biggest thing in the world yes we we know although that's brand new text and a new blurb that we haven't seen so yeah, there's that. Just a small little tidbit of next Boruto chapter is going to be a bit cray-cray, my lord. Moving forward, we got the weekly Shonen Magazine author comments. Courtesy of Jose underscore K, as well as I want to say WSS Talk Back. Shoutouts to the guys always bringing the goods. Uh, we got for starters, Hiromashima, creator of Eden Zero, Fairy Tale 100 is Quest, Rave. It's official. The anime is receiving a second season. You can see Shiki and the gang animated on TV again. Hells yeah. Yeah, Eden Zero. I mean, for the most part, I thought it was going to happen. The passing of the director was a little bit of a scary time. Like, they might pull the plug. That was the person that was, you know, directing everything, putting it together. Thankfully, they didn't. Rest in peace to that person that passed away. But yeah, Eden Zero, baby. Let's go. Season 2, Hiromashima, god of, of, of men. I don't care if you don't like how he writes. I don't care none of that stuff. His hustle is something that is very admirable. This is entrepreneur. Gotta respect it. Uh, Blue Lock, Yusuke Nomura. I've safely entered the Galaxy Gang. My partner is Rowlette. Is he referring to Pokemon? I sound so out of touch. Holy shit, I need to go get the new Pokemon game right now. <laughs> uh, then we got Ken Wakui, author of Tokyo Revengers. I'm looking forward to the stage play of Tokyo Revengers Bloody Halloween. Can't wait to go see it. That sounds so fire. Stage play of these motherfuckers throwing hands. Yes, Ken Wakui. God damn it, I, I, I'm so scared to catch up to Tokyo Revengers because of what everybody's saying. Please let it be all propaganda and BS. Like, it can't can't be that bad, can it? I'm scared. Uh, Fire Force, Atsushi Okubo. While it's normal to forget one or two things when going out shopping, I've forgotten up to five things. I forget a lot of things. That's why I always write shit down on my phone before I dip because, like, 
I need to know what I'm going to get. Shout out to Sushi Ogumo. Uh, we got Negi Haruba, author of Sentai Daishikaku, a.k.a. Ranger Reject. Because I thought that it suddenly became super cold for two days, here I turned on my AC unit for two days straight. Wait, what? Because I, because I thought that it suddenly becomes super cold for two days here, I turned on my AC unit. Maybe he meant the heat. Yeah, um, and it's cold as shit. Yo, I'm ready. Spring, please. Spring over here. I need the winter to go. We got George Morikawa, author of Hajime no Ippo. Fiddling around for a lure for a shut-in is waiting for spring. Wait, what? Fiddling around for a lure for a shut-in is waiting for spring. Oh, he's calling himself a shut-in. Shout-outs to Hajime. No, Ippo and George Murakawa. Uh, Nagama Suzuki, author of Four Nights of the Apocalypse. I'll probably spend all of February playing Dying Land 2. Shout-outs to Nagama Suzuki. Man, I need to get more into Four Nights. I know I always say that. Uh, then to wrap this bad boy up, we got To Your Eternity, Yoshitoki Oima. I got to draw drafts for Kyocera's anime. I'd be super happy if you watched the anime on YouTube. Ooh, what's that? I'm going to look it up. Kyocera's anime? Okay, I'm going to try and see if I can find out what they're talking about. I want to support the author of To Your Eternity, whatever they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, people, that's the Weekly Shonen Magazine author comments. Pretty interesting stuff. Wow. The next one will probably be the last one we ever see on Sushi Okubo. Oh my god, I'm going to miss some of those stories. This dude used to be hilarious. Wow. Sad time. Okay, quickly. So this is, we're going to keep it in rumor pile. I've heard some other things that kind of substantiate it. And it's kind of already been pushed for the most part. That most of the staff is over there anyways. But apparently, Binland Saga Season 2 will probably be animated by Studio Mappa. Now, this is, again, a rumor. We're going to keep it as rumor. But I do know for sure that a ton of the staff that worked on Binland Saga over at WIT has moved over. Like, all of the people that are listed there are currently employees at Mappa. So essentially, by... By name Studio Mappa seemingly if everything is uh, up and up we don't know until they actually full-on release all the info but based on what is being said it seems as though Studio Mappa is in name doing Vinland Saga although majority of the production crew committee and all that jazz are still the people that created season one also interesting to note as well from what a lot of manga readers tell me is that Vinland Saga season two the new Vinland Saga is not going to be as action oriented so Mappa they're going to have a, a lot easier of a time and the people working on this are going to have a bit of an easier time because they don't got draw like oh my god all these action sequences and anything although i'd imagine probably later in the season there's going to be some type of action but either way yeah from what i'm hearing it's a rumor but also it's kind of substantiated by the fact that a lot of the people that worked on season one of vinland saga are over there which it's again nuts mappa how are you doing all of this how are they creating such a monopoly on the anime industry to the point where i mean it sounds like wit studio messed up that's one thing that I got to be honest with you guys. It sounds like with Studio... How do you fumble Attack on Titan over to MAPPA? How do you fumble now potentially Vinland Saga over to MAPPA? Like, the best thing that they got going right now is the fact that they're making something godlike like Ranking of Kings. And I hope that Studio Wit doesn't lose Ranking of Kings. And I hope in general they're able to survive because they're in a financial rut right now. And the fact that they're losing Vinland Saga, they're losing... Uh, staff, people that create anime for them. Dark times, dark times, especially if this rumor is legit. But either way, Villain Saga is definitely not really being made at wit. It's just a matter of like, wow, so it's technically like a Mappa thing? Mappa again? Chainsaw Man, Jujutsu Kaisen, Hell's Freaking Paradise, Attack on Titan. God damn you, Mappa. God damn you. But we gotta wait and see. Either way, Villain Saga. 
Yeah, it's going to be an interesting production. I just hope that this doesn't mess it all up, right? Like, I think we're in a different time now, and MAPPA has shown and validated that you can switch studios and still put out a, a quality product. Attack on Titan, prime example of that. There's other ones like, you know, Seven Deadly Sins that get us a little wary, but we're not going to... No, 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 no. Finland Saga is not going to turn out like Seven Deadly Sins. We're not even going to put that in the air. Okay, people, and lastly, I wanted to give an update on the upcoming The Batman film where... I want to say, what, less than a month away or about a month away from the movie. Um, and, yeah, we got a little bit of an update on The Batman by Robert Pattinson. And it says here, The Batman is a true detective story. Equal parts intense and sad, Robert Pattinson says. Fans, buckle up because it sounds like The Batman is going to be one intense emotional ride. In a profile for GQ published on Tuesday, star Robert Pattinson pulled back the curtain for Matt Reeves' highly anticipated installment in the Warner Brothers DC superhero franchise. The film, due out in early March, wastes no time gripping viewers says the actor i watched the rough cut of the movie by myself and the first shot is so jarring from any other batman movie that it's just kind of a totally different pace pattinson told gq it was what matt was saying from the first meeting i had with him i want to do a 70s noir detective story like the conversation and i kind of assumed that meant the mood board or something the look of it but from the first shot it's oh this actually is a detective story Pattinson's Bruce Wayne will be different from other big screen incarnations of the by day billionaire playboy the actor explained saying he's kind of a weirdo as Bruce and a weirdo as Batman and I kept thinking there's a more nihilistic slant to it because normally in all the other movies Bruce goes away trains and returns to Gotham believing in himself thinking I'm going to change things here but in this it's sort of implied that he's had a bit of a breakdown. That is interesting. The Batman will feature Gotham in the grips of hell, overrun with crime and despair. That, that's Gotham. <laughs> but unlike other Batman films, the character is not hailed as a hero or the answer to prayers. The people of Gotham think that he's just another symptom of how shit everything is. There's a scene where he's beating up everyone on this train platform, and I just love that there's a bit in the script where the guy he's saving is just also like, Ah, it's worse! You're either being mugged by some gang members, or a monster comes and, like, fucking beats everyone up. The guy has no idea that Batman's come to save him. It just looks like this werewolf. It also sounds like Bruce Wayne will be far more damaged in this film. His emotional state clearly unhealthy, the actor revealed. All the other stories say the death of his parents is why Bruce becomes bad. Batman, but I was trying to break that down in what I thought was a real way instead of trying to rationalize it. He's created this intricate construction for years and years and years, which has culminated in this Batman persona, but it's not like a healthy thing that he's done, almost like a drug addiction, continued Pattinson. There's a moment when Alfred asked Bruce what his family would have think of him tarnishing the family legacy with this new side hustle, and Bruce says, this is my family legacy. If I don't do this, then there's nothing else for me. I always read that as not like there's nothing else, like... I don't have a purpose, but like I'm checking out and I think that makes it a lot sadder. Like it's a sad movie. It's kind of about him trying to find some element of hope in himself and not just the city. Oh my God, Robert Pattinson, you an actor for real because you really getting me into this. If it, nothing else told me about this film, I swear to God, this interview is selling me. Normally, Bruce never questions his own ability. He questions the city's ability to change. But I mean, it's kind of such an insane thing to do. The only way I can live is to dress up as a bat. That is wild, yo. Give me this movie now. Like, I'm, go I'm going to watch this movie, dog. I swear to God. That shit was so fire. Shout out to Robert Pattinson. You got 110% believer. Right now, you just witnessed Forever World go from excited to watch this movie to, oh, this might be the movie, dog. Wow, that sounds so a different look, a more realistic look, in my opinion, of somebody that is fucking crazy that wants to dress up like a bat and go and start swinging punches at people in the streets. Like, 
<laughs> Something I really wanted to talk about and I'm really, really excited to mention. The fact that Katekyo Hitman Reborn is looking like it's making waves and is looking like if we got Bleach back, we're probably going to be getting Reborn back at some given point in the future. Because a new Twitter account was set up. I believe it's called KHReborn underscore P. Are. And it's an official one. It's basically, I don't know, the, the, the team that has been created to work on the Katekyo Hitman Reborn franchise. And they started off this first tweet as follows. From February 2022, the anime Katekyo Hitman Reborn product information official Twitter started. We will continue to send out new products and event information. So thank you for your cooperation. And this was set up February 8th at 7 a.m. for me at 7 a.m. EST. And it had like 2,000 at the time. A quote tweets, over 10,000 retweets, almost 10,000 likes. It's probably way more at that particular point. But yeah, so if they're doing that, and you can say, oh, it's just product, whatever. Reborn's been over for a very long time. If they're putting together a crew, a committee, a group of people to whether it be promote or sell products in the name of Katekyo Hitman Reborn. On top of that, they said the Hitman Reborn, the anime in particular, more than likely they're scouting what to do next and, and taking it slow in terms of the revival of the Katekyo Hitman Reborn series. And we could probably see the same way Bleach is returning. We could probably see a Katekyo Hitman Reborn return in the near future. And oh my god, I think we're already seeing it. I think we're seeing the beginning M a burning passion of like yo reborn's about to actually make a, a legit return this is freaking crazy when i saw this i was like what what year is it because it was quite a few chapters it was like i think three arts that never got animated now you never know what could happen ultimately the, the future what it could hold it could be that this is just a one and done thing it could be that they're not really all that enthusiastic about making it they're just putting out little products so we gotta wait and see but at the very least this is a good sign that there could potentially be a return of Katekyo Hitman Reborn and again I'm still like holy cow because another thing that is very interesting to note to my knowledge the studio the anime studio that created Katekyo Hitman Reborn that made it and all that jazz they're defunct now like they're out of business so essentially Katekyo Hitman Reborn's licensing rights in order for an anime studio to come license the title from Shueisha and make an anime is up in the air to the point where they could decide you know what we're gonna just do like a whole revival of Katekyo Hitman Reborn from the very beginning which i don't know how that would work i don't know if that'd be received well because what what year i think reborn went off air if i'm not mistaken like 2010 2011 somewhere around there it's been a while it's been a while so they could decide you know what nobody's gonna go watch the 200 episodes with like a good chunk of those is the daily life arc which in case you don't know daily life arc is just like slice of life comedy in the midst of a shonen battle series so they could just say yo we're gonna redo it we're gonna put like little maybe like three episodes to represent the daily life stuff and we're gonna jump straight into it there could be a massive revival mappa studios could come into oh god please no more mappa like it'd be fire and i highly doubt it would happen but it would be fire and everybody would go crazy if studio ufotable decided yo we're gonna do a revival of that like you know how we did reviving the fate franchise and all that jazz we're gonna revive katekyo hitman reborn and do a proper adaptation from start to finish oh my god considering akira amano i mean i want to say she does have like a new title that she's working on we reported it here uh, the Ron Komonohashi detective manga. So 
technically she's not really available to make new chapters but i can guarantee considering the fact that nothing she's done since katekyo hitman reborn has even gotten close to the notoriety she's had just a lot of one shots like what was it mary something about mary like not something about mary that's a movie but you know what i'm saying there was a few different projects that she tried since reborn and none of them has really panned out i think bronco monohashi has like 300,000 in in circulation which is great but in terms of like yo reborn was massive so that's also up in the air as well in terms of the license could go to any studio and they could decide we don't want to continue off from where it left off nobody's gonna we're gonna redo it from the beginning and I'm here for it because those character designs in today's modern art and animation, I want to see that. So this is right here, something small, but everything got to start somewhere. And definitely, if you have the opportunity to support Reborn in any way possible, you know what to do if you want that anime return because it's looking very possible. I think Bleach right now just opened the floodgates of a lot of shit you never thought you were going to see again. You're going to see again. But yeah, shoutouts to Katekyo Hitman Reborn. They opened up a, a new Twitter for it, for the anime and whatever they're going to do. We could be having anime, I don't know, maybe three years from now or something. Let's freaking go. Next up, people, we got the weekly Shonen Jump author comments. Let's take a look. There's always something interesting in these bad boys. We got a new serialization, by the way, I didn't mention, called Akane Banashi by Yuki Suenaga. And I want to say... This is actually about Rakugo, if I'm not mistaken. They said, yay, serialization. Yes, this is great. This is great. This is great. Thank you for your support. Okay, you, you really enthusiastic. Let's go. Let's get it. We got H.O. Oda, creator of One Piece. When I saw people with AirPods, I used to think, hey, you have Udon in your ears. But I tried them, and they are frighteningly awesome. Ah! <laughs> yo, you got Udon in your ears, dog. Yo, savage. Uh, then we got Yuto Suzuki, author of Sakamoto Days. My editor sent me some eel. I can eat it quickly when I'm busy, so it's so helpful. Some eel don't sound bad, dog. Uh, then we got Yuki Tabato, author of Black Clover. Xenon received a birthday gift and some early Valentine's Day chocolate. Yo, shorty, really? Shorty's really sending, like, yo, okay. I'm happy when villains get presents, too. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, because he's going to eat them shits and probably share them with his family. Shout out to Yuki Tabata. My God, one of the most wholesome manga ever. Uh, we got Hajime Komodo, author of Marshall. Uh, winter is cold and dry, so I hope spring comes soon. I swear to God, please, can it come already? Like, I'm waiting. We're here. We're waiting. We want spring. I need to move where spring and summer are more of a thing. I freaking hate the snow so much. On to the next author comment we got here. Oh, there's another author on the Akane Banashi series. They're Takamasa Moi. This is my first serialization as just the artist. Okay, so they used to be a full-on manga. Now they only do art. I'll do my best with the art, so I would appreciate everyone's support. Shout-outs to them. Why does it look like their avatar is like a... I don't even know. Is that a clown or something? Hold up. What's going on there? Interesting. Uh, then we got Gen Oska, author of Doran Dororan. I eat Mr. Donuts every week. I like the chocolate mochi donuts and the angel cream. Okay. Uh, we got Kohei Horikoshi, My Hero Academia. Uh, My Hero Academia is ending right now. No. <laughs> I just had to keep you guys on your toes, see if you're still paying attention. You're probably like, what for them? I played Smash Bros. for the first time in a while, but my fingers still remember the Falco combo. Nicely done, fingers. It's like riding a bike. You never forget. We got Boichi, artist of Dr. Stone. I'm drawing with everything I got. I bet you are. You're a freaking god of art, just like uh, Yusuke Murata. Uh, and then I guess we'll close off with... Ooh, I did not realize that. That looks so bad. Oh my god. Pray for Yuji Gaku. 
uh, author of Ayashimo Yujikaku, Natsume Arata no Kekon has been great from the start. The latest volume was awesome too. And the reason I said all of that was because he's at the very bottom. I don't know if that means anything because a lot of people say that means nothing. Okay, it means nothing. But either way, he's at the bottom. Shout outs to Yujikaku and Ashimon. If that shit gets canceled, bro, everybody just go to Jump Plus. Fuck the, the weekly Shonen Jump at this point. Just go to Jump Plus. They don't they don't value really awesome storytelling or something. Well, they do. There's one piece. But you, you get what I'm saying? I'm salty. Next up, people, we got the top 50 best-selling manga of the week. Let's take a look, lads. We got 50 to 41. My Dress Up Darling Volume 3. And in this week, it sold 13,798. Bringing its total to 296. My Dress Up Darling. Everybody keeps telling me about that anime. Uh, then, I don't want to be redundant about it. There's a bunch of JJK. Uh, there's another My Dress Up Darling. This time, it's Volume 2. Doing 14,000. So, the anime is making waves. Uh, then, up to number 41. Again, I don't want to... It's Jujutsu Kaisen Takeover Season. We get it. Uh, but Volume 1 of Kimetsu Gakuen, the spinoff gag series of Demon Slayer, with another 14,000, almost 100k on a gag little manga. Demon Slayer, baby. That Demon Slayer effect. Uh, then places 40 through 31. JJK, Mystery to Lunakari. Yo, I heard Mystery to Lunakari has sold already millions of copies. I don't doubt it. Look at everything here. Just all through here is Mystery to Lunakari and then Jujutsu Kaisen. God damn it. Let's see. Number 30. 30 through 21. More mystery to Lunakari and Juju. Oh my god. Literally from 30 to 22 is everything is mystery to Lunakari. Because people keep on correcting how I say it. Uh, and then Jujutsu Kaisen. And then at number 21, Witch Watch Volume 4 with 17,000 this week. I wonder if that's enough to keep it safe or if they're going to give that. To I could see that getting the act. I'll be honest with you. I could see Shonen Jump saying, you know what? You're out of here. You're only doing 17K. Although it's not too bad. But Volume 4, you should be on the 30s and 40s i feel i don't know maybe that's just me then places 20 through 11 more jujutsu kaisen tokyo aliens okay twin star exorcist volume 27 uh i'm surprised it hasn't ended yet because they announced a minute ago that they were in the climax or whatnot or they were in the grand finale of it all with 19,690 in three days that's not bad considering it's 27 volumes deep and it never really hit that mainstream success okay then we got top 10 i'm just jumping straight to top 10 uh, number 10, Tokyo Avengers Volume 25 with 20k, bringing us total to 971. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a little hoorah when it hits a million, because I've been waiting to see that hit a million. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen 0, I really need to get that volume, dog. Like, that's something I'm, matter of fact, let me know, do y'all think I should, uh, this is Berserk, Legendary Godlike, but I kind of wanted to show up some of the newer stuff I got right here. This is like, Jujutsu Kaisen, Chainsaw Man, and I think I got like Marshall. Where's Marshall? I don't know. Either way, let me know. Y'all want me to put those Jujutsu Kaisen and Chainsaw Man here? Switch it up a little bit. So yeah, more Jujutsu Kaisen Volume 17 with 26,000. Uh, then going up a little bit. Owari no Seraph, Volume 26, three days, 33,000. In case y'all don't know, Owari no Seraph, aka Seraph of the End, is ending. So 33,000 all this way, 20, Volume 26 later. Yeah, that, that's not bad at all. Then we got My Hero Academia Team Up Mission Volume 3. That's interesting. Doing 34,000, hitting number 4. Uh, what is, is that like a spinoff thing? Is that like a comedy spinoff or... I'm not sure what team of mission or is that based on like a game? Either way, shout outs to them. I, I don't think I've ever seen like a My Hero uh, spinoff thingy with Jig on the charts before. Then we got Jujutsu Kaisen Volume 18 at number 2, which I don't know what the hell at number 3. This, the Fable... The Second Contact, Volume 2 with 44,000. Okay, I might take a look at that. Then number 2, Jujutsu Kaisen, Volume 18 with 15,000. No, that's probably... 
maybe 45,000 that looks a little wrong probably 45,000 I'd imagine either that or 150 probably 45,000 bringing his total to 1.7 that was a little error and then number one taking it home after the big announcement about a month ago that my hero is on its final stretch and then the latest chapter looking like it's really on its final stretch my hero academia volume 33 in three days 314,000 copies that's how we get it done baby such a ominous cover I never really looked at this one in particular that's Deku all tired dog he's tired and you got Uraraka and Ida on there that's 314,000 not bad consider if it was a full week it might have been might have hit the 400 like really really dope stuff there and that's the most notable by far release because number two again I want to say that's 45,000 nothing out of this world but of course that's been here for a million years and yeah people those were the top 50 best-selling manga of the week aside from my hero nothing really blew me the hell away i'll be honest with you but shout outs to my hero academia especially topping the charts as always like dog this is gonna be a final insane year for our people uh down at my hero <laughs> like the the heroes down at my hero and since we're on the topic of my hero academia let's talk a little my hero academia games it says here my hero academia ultra impact brings rpg combat to mobile devices following up on his launch in japan my heroes rpg my hero ultra impact is now available on ios and android in 57 countries including north america which i actually had downloaded it because i thought it was the rumble one that, that was supposed to be like on consoles and shit. i was like wait what what is this it's kind of like chibi eyes it's, it's all right the localized version is fully up to date with the new characters features and events that have been added since its initial debut and you can check out a sample in the launch trailer below players will get 750 hero gems which is enough for 15 recruits as a thank you for those who participated in pre-registration there will also be an increase in drop rates on global release celebration recruit for the highest rarity characters uh, and then it's just got like a whole bunch of different features story mode begins with meeting of a character character special attacks like there's just a bunch of stuff on here again experience a casual quirk battle rpg where you engage foes three on three using the heroes you've trained original 3d models of the characters you love would appeal they, they do look a little cool i ain't gonna lie i like the character designs use quirks with a simple touch train in the unforeseen simulation joint with the ua high teachers and pro heroes yeah i, I think that this could be a fun game again it has a lot of details there if you're interested um shout out to crunchyroll for the article but yeah i don't know I'm, I'm more so really hyped for that free console game that they were talking about like that one it looks high it kind of came out of nowhere to be honest with you and i might give it a little dabble maybe jump on there maybe see if my daughter likes it my daughter loves video games why why won't she love a chibi my hero game okay come on mords you got to get into the anime and manga realm with your pops now i'm just playing but yeah uh new my hero game for the mobile if you're interested it could be a way to kill some time or something or yeah i was gonna say waste time but anime anything you could really say is is wasting time going to a business meeting i'm wasting time i could be with my family there, there's everything is a waste of time when you put it in a different perspective but yeah people my hero academia mobile game yeah okay people next up this was a funny interesting one in case you don't know attack on titan's new opening very very awesome heavy metal song by sim i believe it's called the rumbling um and ultimately i've been listening to it damn near every day no <laughs> but according to this it says three out of four members of sim the group that did the attack on titan opening band of attack on titans the rumbling said they want to make a song for chainsaw man basically they're throwing their hat in the ring to see if they could get the chainsaw man opening because they know that's about to go through the moon when chainsaw man drops okay maybe this is gonna be huge and i think that could work because chainsaw man feels very metal too in fact they've had similar sounding music in some of the promo trailers that they had like the manga and stuff like that i think sim could actually nail it. and if they did something like that all i ever wanted to do was fuck bitches my name is denji <laughs> 
That could work for Chainsaw Man. It definitely could. Shout outs to Sim. They got some good ass taste. I love it when even the band is uh, like, you know, into the series. Like I remember with Tokyo uh, Ghoul. I almost said Tokyo Avengers. Tokyo Ghoul opening one unravel i remember the the lead singer of that group or is it just one person i forget but either way it was the singer of, of unravel he said that he had read the story and like he cried when he read it and that's why he wrote the song the way he did because it was actually straight up for tokyo ghoul and how much he loved the character and it, it, it resonates when a song is written specifically with a character in mind and you play it on the opening and it's a really good song it makes it 10 times more because you know like Oh, this is really this character song. Like, this is what if this character could write music? So, uh, yeah, I, I could see Sim doing something really awesome for Chainsaw Man. Let's go. Yeah, Sim, bring it, bring it. Let's go. Okay, next up, something that I did want to bring attention to you guys. And it would be awesome if you guys, anybody that's interested in this, anybody that want to speak out about this, definitely do so. Because I've seen a movement about a week ago now at this point, I want to say probably about a week ago, there was a video campaign where dozens of animation workers and allies spoke out for hashtag new deal for animation. And basically the, the big crux of why they're doing this campaign and whatnot is the fact that people that write for animation, people that work on animation, even if the script is exactly the same, even if it's the same page length, even if it's the same notoriety, a live action show gets paid way more and the writers on a live action show get paid way more than somebody that put the same amount of effort, same type of hype, all of that good stuff into animation. So they created this campaign in order to publicize that, yo, writers in the animation field need more, deserve more, and they're trying to make a, a little bit of noise over there, and I support it. I'm always supportive of the creatives, the creators, the people that really make this all possible, getting their fair share. The, I want to get, one of my missions in life is to make it a thing of the past of the idea and term the starving artist the artist shouldn't be starving because if there's no artist there's no art there's no people buying tickets to look at the art okay so that whole idea and, and how it's been normalized throughout time of the starving artist the artist should never starve he should be the first one getting fed because there's no lines there's no tourism there's no nothing without the artist the artist is the big thing so when i when i hear this and i and i hear it like yo it's it's really ridiculous that the live action writers half the time you know live action you know they hit a miss or whatever they get in so much more than animation but there's a lot that goes into animation a lot to think about continuity all sorts of same thing with live actions just there's so much more and not to mention the fact that animation it goes off to a studio sometimes overseas they don't even get to see what's going on so they gotta really be cognizant with every little move that they plan in a script live action you can walk up to the director and walk up to the scene as it's being filmed so i definitely feel like um animation deserves better and i'm hoping that this movement can make some waves i'm not sure what's happened since they opened it up i do know though that they're campaigning to get more um funds get more in general pay higher pay for people that work in the animation field as writers, they deserve it. I ain't gonna lie, it's something I'm passionate about. Y'all know I've been writing for a good minute now. Pay the writers, give them what they deserve. So yeah, people, I just wanted to bring it to you guys' attention. Hashtag a new deal for animation. If you want to support the movement and help these writers get their just dues because 
Yeah, in 2022, no writers when, you know, entertainment of that type is one of the biggest things out there should be like, yo, dog, how we getting so low pay and all that jazz compared to our live action counterparts. It just shouldn't happen. Okay, people, next up, something that I wanted to take a look at, a series I've been meaning to talk about for a good minute. Haven't got around to it yet. I'm about like 20 something chapters deep, I want to say into it. And it's like maybe 50-ish, 60 at this particular point. But it's a newer series. But nevertheless, I wanted to take a look at what the sales success has been thus far for you may have heard it and shout outs to at yellowstone over on twitter for these um stats sakamoto days manga volume sales evolution considering it's a newer title from weekly shonen jump it's done pretty well with solid gains each volume and it just shows here volume one did a little under 20 volume two did a little under 30 volume three did a little under 50 volume four so it's it's continuously increasing without an anime with the fact that marketing wise it is not i'm, I'm gonna just keep it real especially for a jump manga it is not the most enticing to put an overweight old man as the thing that markets your series it's just it's not it's not gonna get like oh shit yo that's the one with the fat old guy right oh my god so the fact that it is doing this and continuously growing regardless is a good sign and i do think sakamoto days is going to be one of those that breaks the mold similar to the way like chainsaw man and jujutsu kaisen and all these darker shonen break the mold this is going to break the mold in a different manner in terms of the main characters like an old dude that just wants to be left the fuck alone with his family and shit you know what i'm saying so really really awesome stuff and it's dope to see sakamoto days i hope probably i, I don't even know because there's just so much competition now we're at what february 2022 maybe middle of next year we'll hear something about an anime because at this point considering we haven't even heard about marshall and undead unluck getting anime yet and they're both at that point where they should have an anime announcement i'm gonna guess sakamoto days won't get an anime announcement until probably even uh, after a year from me saying this right now which is crazy but jumping moving different lately and yeah people just wanted to give you guys a little update on the sales success of sakamoto days now this was something that i wanted to bring to you guys' attention final story of the episode and it was basically a look at how much manga is dominating the comic book scene says here well 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 look at what dominates the comic scene in the u.s mango ma mango manga obviously manga was up 170 percent in 2021 versus 2020 and it made up 77 percent of all comics sold in the retail market in the u.s just looking at it right here basically the blue is manga 76.7 percent the orange is comics and graphic novels like superhero shit like batman only 6.4 percent and then the gray is comics graphic novels of all other genres so doesn't that orange thing right here, like, yo, let's take a second. For starters, shout outs to Anime and Manga. We did it, baby. We did it from the days of people practically throwing proverbial eggs at us for loving this shit. We did it. Look at that. Look at that, right? But uh, above all else, why aren't DC and Marvel? Well, Marvel, they got their, their movies working, so they don't really give a shit about any of this. But why not try and bleed into, instead of continuing on this dying fight of the capes, and cows and the crusades right leave that shit for the animation and stuff why not focusing on putting out more books that are other genres slice of life comic books and i'm sure there's plenty out there but dc for example they could market like imagine a slice of life maybe less serious but a slice of like joker comic 
where it's just like less on the serious of him being a joker maybe a different twist on it all together like he's just a sad motherfucker that every once in a blue like the peak of an archetype which I, let me not give these ideas away this is you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah i gotta yeah i gotta figure it out but all i'm gonna say is make the orange more into gray and the gray will eventually turn into blue very simplistic in my opinion obviously it's a big struggle don't get me wrong because manga has everything by the proverbial throat but that's not to say that they're gonna always have that because everything has its time we got korean comics coming up we got a lot of different things happening i want to check back a year from today we're february 2022 february 2023 i want to see what that's looking like i want to see february 2024 what this is looking like if the comic book industry can change if manga is going to be the predominant thing because again with things like solo leveling tower of god god of high school all of these other comics and then on top of that you got other things that are coming and making waves manga you know what i'm saying it won't always be the the dominating factor but i i gotta stress that the superhero comic book stuff maybe it might be time to slow things down and take some of those initiatives and move it elsewhere because how many times can you retell the same story of, of, of Batman? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's different when you're putting it in live action, different mediums. But in terms of comic books, comic books, the books themselves, you've been telling the same story about a dude that lost his parents for like 70 years or some shit. When was Batman made? Ni 1939 or some shit? Like, long time of, of telling about Batman. 80 years of telling about Batman losing his parents. Try something else. And don't get me wrong. I That's my favorite superhero. I love Batman. I love Batman. I love batman and superman and all of that stuff sales wise it doesn't make sense to keep on doing it money wise marketing wise the business aspect you would probably move on and use all of the millions of comic books for eventual adaptations and stuff like that but nobody is going and watching the latest batman and then running oh my god i gotta get the comic books for that that's kind of like something outdated try something else moving on there's apparently a massive delay for attack on titans anime that probably is going to make a few people be like what 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 are we doing here uh because according to this anyway it says here attack on titan episode 87 delayed by one week it will now air on april 3rd instead of march 27 due to a special programming episode 84 will also be delayed by 10 minutes on nhk broadcasting and i believe as it stands right now as of the recording of this video there are 82 episodes out for attack on titan so the 10 minute delay will be which is a really weird delay maybe there's something going on like for like i don't know olympic sports or something there for them to even though we just had olympics so i'm not sure but maybe it's something there regarding the 10 minute because who thinks yeah we're gonna be delayed by 10 minutes in two weeks so that's either maybe a big commercial or something but then also this whole thing about being delayed by one week it's more important than you realize well for starters i'm sure a lot of people are like well goddamn so we're gonna be delayed by a week episode 87 is gonna be delayed what's going on here that's definitely gonna piss you off but then on top of the fact that it makes me wonder what's going on because in case you missed it you may want to go back and watch uh one of the previous episodes of for never news where i spoke about that they had a big panel that they were doing and if i'm not mistaken i believe it was on march 27th for attack on titan it was supposed to be a big final panel and all of this good stuff however if the finale which was conveniently lined up for the day of that panel is now getting pushed back to april 3rd for starters are they going to push that panel back to april 3rd are they planning something is the programming that's going to be in place of that episode of attack on titan episode 
87. Is that programming going to be something related to Attack on Titan? A big announcement? Was this planned all along and they're just like uh, trolling us essentially? And maybe that's why they're not going to have nothing on that day because it's going to be a big announcement. And the following week, who knows? It's going to be a made-for-TV movie or something. That would be silly. Made-for-TV movie. No, put that shit in theaters. Get your money. But Attack on Titan episode 87 delayed by one week again. That's a little bit of a ways off because right now, as of the recording of this video, we haven't even reached episode 83 yet. We're only on 82. So we're about a month away from that episode airing. Or, well, when it would have aired because, again, there's a big delay. And, yeah, I mean, I'm not the most freaked out about it. I think it's kind of interesting that it's ending. The anime is ending almost a year to the day of when the manga's final chapter wrapped up. It was sometime around this year, if I'm not mistaken, that the manga ended off. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest angry in the world. I'm just curious as to how that's going to align with all the plans that I'm sure they had, including that big panel that they were going to do for the finale if it's not lined up properly. And again, I'm sure some people are going to be upset. Like, yo, I don't want... I can't miss out on episodes. But you got to think. You got to be a little bit more courteous. You got to have a little bit more grace for these people. Considering all that they're up against. We just talked about the other day. Aaron Yeager, the voice actor, losing his voice. We talked about one of the animators on Attack on Titan not coming home for three days. And they're still... You know, this could also possibly be due to... You know what I'm saying? Them falling behind schedule. And that's because they're scheduled to be with was ridiculous because Studio Wit, what took them years to make each season, Studio Mappa is doing in like a fraction of the time. So yeah, there's going to be delays, there's going to be all sorts of stuff, we're going to have a lot of messed up things happening, so ultimately give them a little bit of grace. Don't meet this announcement with anger or anything like that. If anything, meet it with encouragement for the voice actors, for the writers, for the animators, for the directors, for everybody involved to give them, you know... A little bit of encouragement, so to speak. As the Japanese would say, GANBATTE KURASAI! Do your best! Because, yeah, this has been a tall order for these people. And <laughs> I don't need to keep regurgitating each and every episode of how ridiculous the anime industry is. And how much work the staff over at Studio MAPPA have cut out for them. But, yeah, Attack on Titan episode 87 delayed by one week. Again, this was supposed to air March 27th. It will now finish. The Attack on Titan anime will end two days after April Fool's. And then Isayama's going to pop up on April Fool's. April Fool's is not ending. We got a whole other shit planned for you guys. Get ready, folks. <laughs> Moving on is a topic of conversation that I've seen even amongst people that I know. I've seen in some of the fandoms. I've seen just in general a little bit of discourse in the One Piece community towards One Piece itself. I think one of the biggest factors that is making a lot of these complaints that honestly have started to come out of nowhere ultimately uh, is stemming from essentially I think the fatigue people are having. I think we've been in Wano for a little bit too long. I think certain aspects of Wano has pissed people off and even though I ain't gonna lie when it comes to One Piece it's a different breed at this point. For me I'm along for the ride. If there's downs I'm gonna call it out. If there's ups I'm gonna call it out but ultimately I'm just enjoying it. There's no like oh god that's it I'm dropping it unless I don't know tomorrow Luffy became a one-armed dwarf and said nah fuck One Piece dog. I'm just gonna chill on my boat and eat cereal and drink booze I would be like I, I would be devastated <laughs> I'd be like Oda did you fucking hit your head like what, what's going on here so unless we went that silly or ridiculous with the story I, I, I think I'm on board and even I'd still be on board if Luffy became a one-armed dwarf too it's just a screw one piece I want cereal and booze that I'd be again just devastated however the fandom in Japan 
is starting to uh, squeak a different tune, so to speak, when it comes to One Piece in general. I think a lot of the breaks is starting to get to people. There's a lot here, courtesy of Kotaku. Uh, this article, it's kind of interesting. Let's take a read. One Piece manga's hiatus leads fans to complaints in Japan. Now, mind you, it's been, I, I can't even call it now, it's been several years now at the release that One Piece now usually takes about one break every so often. It doesn't pass a month and a half where One Piece is getting a break. So, One Piece gets very frequent breaks. It seems as though Jump is trying to give that luxury to some of the other authors in the magazine as well, My Hero Jujutsu Kaisen, because dudes will break down. We've seen what happened notoriously to Yoshihiro Togashi from Hunter x Hunter. Uh, but it says here, One Piece began publication in 97 and has now surpassed a thousand chapters there is a lot for fans to celebrate but according to website Maijitsu some manga readers in Japan are not happy about how things are going Maijitsu reports that a segment of fans in Japan are not only annoyed by the pacing of the current Wano Country arc which began in 2018 god damn we're four years into this but also by the manga going on hiatus that last complaint is rather silly, if not selfish. But to be honest, considering how hard manga creator Eichiro Oda has worked and for how long, the guy is in a machine. He needs time to recharge and do things like sleep. A billion percent I agree with the author of this article, but let's continue. Below, via my Jitsu, are some recent complaints from Japanese One Piece readers. So right now we're about to get an exclusive here, people, of the thought process of Japanese One Piece fans and how they're feeling about Wano and about One Piece these days. It says here, for starters, the first one was, One Piece going on hiatus is no good. So people are upset about the hiatus. They want Oda to drive himself into the ground. Understood. One Piece as of late has been going on hiatus a bunch. Plus, the story development has been sloppy. It's definitely been going on hiatus a bunch. And the story hasn't been the most, I guess, solid in every aspect as it's been in maybe past arcs. Uh, I'd give it that. The most recent Shonen Jump was pretty interesting. But One Piece, you're taking too much time off. Remember that the Japanese, they also frown on stuff like that. They're very hard workers. They really love to get their shit done. They make sure it's a part of their culture to work and get shit done. So for them, Oda... You're taking how many breaks? They don't care. Their their work obsession is very different. One Piece going on too many breaks. It's like every other freaking week. I added the freaking, but yeah, again, it seems a lot of people are, the, the last one says, don't take the week off because the story isn't going well. Holy shit. They basically say, yo, your shit is trash. Stop. Wow. As noted on my Jitsu, the problem could be with the pacing of the Wano Country arc, which is said to be dragging on and losing the interest of fans. This, in turn, impacts the anime and it becomes harder to win over new readers. Absolutely. And I'm not going to lie, just reading some of that shit made my brain hurt because bottom line, that, that has to be younger kids or people that don't understand the, the process of creating manga. The fact that Ichiro Oda works 20, 21 hours in a day. Like, no, absolutely, you guys are all wrong. He needs his breaks, period. And I'm going to stand on that. I don't care. Like, that that right there is selfish, childish, and lacking of an understanding. Like, what do they think that, like, Oda, he, he takes, like, three hours out of the week and, and writes One Piece? This is a ongoing process day in and day out. Oda has been on record saying to any staff member that is joining up to create his masterpiece One Piece, Peace, you got to be willing to die for it. You got to be willing to die for it. So if this man is living, willing to die for his comic, 
How dare you say that he's taking too many breaks? How dare you criticize him in that fashion when it's just unjust? Criticism? Absolutely. Maybe you are a little bit frustrated. Maybe One Piece is taking too many breaks, but it's necessary for the grand scheme of things. You want your ending? You want them to get to Laugh Tale? You want Luffy to become Pirate King and get One Piece? Give him his breaks. Now, the story of Wano itself, that's a different tale. Criticism Feel free. There are a lot of things that you can nitpick, and there's a lot of things that you could look through and say, well, this didn't add up. Okay, maybe the fights, maybe the, the fake-outs is pissing you off. So, absolutely. But in terms of the hiatuses and the breaks, knock it off. Knock it off. Oichiro Oda is a human freaking being, and he deserves breaks. He's been doing this since 97. Knock it off. I'm sorry I had to get stern like that, but it's just a reality, and I don't like uh, fans having that type of mindset when people are breaking their bodies, their mind, body, and soul for your entertainment. Be a little bit more reasonable. Be a little bit more gracious with how you treat creators in the future. Okay, so I just wanted to touch up on this one very brief. I don't want to stay on this one too long because I don't want to give the attention, I guess, this one is obviously seeming to look for. Now, in case you don't know, a few years back, around 2018, 2019, probably beginning of 2019, end of 2018, there was a big scandal where the longtime voice of Broly from Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, he also played Ed Elric in Full Metal Alchemist. Dude has been a part of a lot of, of, of stuff. The, Vic Mignogna, he's been a part of a lot of things in anime. Well, around early 2019, a lot of allegations came out again him and unfortunately he was fired from the role of Broly he fired from working for Funimation um, he hasn't been able to really go to convention all sorts of really wild stuff has happened to this guy Vic Mignogna and there was a whole legal case they went to court uh, I, I believe he lost the first time and then the pandemic hit so he hasn't gone to court again because he filed paperwork to be able to get back in the courtroom and try again but it hasn't happened yet and ultimately it was a very big deal like I covered it over here got me into problems all sorts of stuff however two of the people that was a part of that whole case and essentially making Vic Mignogna ultimately taking him to where he's at right now that you really don't even hear of Vic Mignogna at this particular point but ultimately uh, I believe they go by Monica Real. she plays a lot of voices for a lot of anime you know in dub and Jamie Markey uh, they, they're apparently launching a podcast about Vic Mignogna's defamation case so is this like a one-off thing like Okay, I, I could imagine, right? Take my bias, if I even have any at this particular point, aside from this, right? Take my bias out of this. I'm going to speak strictly as if I am just giving some business advice, some marketing advice, some long-term goals, right? How do you plan on making a podcast? Because a podcast is usually that it's going to be like episodes and, and things like that week in, week out, or whether it's a monthly podcast or whatnot. How are you going to make an ongoing airing podcast about a case that you know what I'm saying? It happened. It erupted or whatnot. I could see a long episode. I could see even a two to three hour crazy episode of talking about everything that happened in the case. But what are you going to do? Let's just say if it's weekly because ideally podcasts are usually like one episode a week. If they do it monthly, I don't know. But usually it's a weekly process, right? So are you going to go week one, episode one? We met Vic. Week two, episode two. We, we went to a convention back in 04 with Vic. Like, how is that going to work? Are you going to just base the whole model of this podcast on a man that has been destroyed? I, I keep it a buck with you. It sounds like a bad idea. It sounds like you should just leave that alone. If it was something like you're going to sell the rights to your story, your involvement in one of the biggest 
anime voice acting scandals in recent times. You're going to make like a little mini documentary or film. I'd see that being more feasible. I'd see maybe her support or their supporters coming out and saying, oh, yeah, we're going to watch this. But a podcast based on Vic Mignogna? I mean, maybe if that's like the pilot episode. Hey, let's get all the cobwebs out now. We're going to talk about this. And then we're going to move forward. And then in every episode following, we're going to talk about, hey, so the business of voice acting. Hey, so going to anime conventions. Hey, so this, that, and the third. But if the whole podcast is about, uh, hey, uh, listen. How, how we destroyed a man and, and hit him with all sorts of accusations and shit like that. And no. And I want to stay far away from this story just because there's so much toxicity surrounding every which way. But I will say that in terms of ideas, that's a stinker. Like, give make a podcast about voice acting. A lot of people aspire and would love to know the ins and outs or maybe certain directors and, you know, have them on as guests and what their thoughts were when they had you, you know, they were directing you in this role. Those are some good ideas. Talking about a case about a man that was accused of sexual crimes and all sorts of stuff like that doesn't sound like the greatest podcast. I mean, then again, what do I know, right? You know, I've never made a successful show in my life. I've never had over almost half a billion views in my life, right? But yeah, um, that's the case with what's going on over there. I will give you guys an update whenever there's any updates regarding uh, the second trial or whatever is going to happen in the future, if it does, regarding the Vic Mignogna case. But as it stands right now, apparently two of the people that were involved in it are doing a podcast about it. Next up, it's a smaller story, but I did want to cover it because I am a massive, massive, massive fan of Maki the Labyrinth of Magic. I've told this story many times. I named my daughter after one of the main female characters of Maki, Morgiana. Like, I, I love Maki, so I naturally really enjoyed the author Shinobu Otaka. I used to go and translate her website because she had like a blog where she would update and give insight. I used to go and translate her blog so that I could know what the hell she's planning on her next year. I was really deep on Maki. I'll never forget. I made like a 30 minute video talking about four fucking pages of dialogue like that that's how deep it goes with me with Magi so naturally when it was like oh she started a new series Orient and then you know you follow all the news and it's like oh they put it in Besatsu now that Attack on Titan's over they're gonna probably push a lot of muscle behind it oh it got an anime coming out go watch my first impression video of Orient if you want to know what I think about it in a nutshell disappointing as hell very disappointing as an adaptation source material wise might be a different story and in case anybody's feeling like you Feneva's talking air out of his ass like no I I, I, I tried I, I'm, I'm still trying with Orient okay I got the first three volumes of the manga so I'm not just like here bashing Shinobu Taka's new no it's just genuinely facts like it really wasn't all that good however the latest volume which I got the first three I think over here in the states we might have six or seven and over there in Japan right now they just dropped volume 14 mind you they have an anime currently on air there's like what six seven episodes or something like that of Orient and in its first week after having an anime on air volume 14 of Orient did 23,611 copies while that's not terrible and in the United States that's actually very successful in Japan for an anime on air similar to I throw the argument maybe even no, it's, it's definitely way worse with Orient. Uh, similar to like Eden Zero, because Eden Zero, I want to say, has around those type of sales, and it has a successful anime on Netflix. That's the difference between Orient and Eden Zero, that as an anime, Eden Zero is on Netflix, and people really are rocking with it, and it has a cult following, got a video game coming out. I'm not seeing almost no love for Orient, and then on top of that, the manga isn't selling great. On top of that, the anime isn't great. It's just like, wow, I ain't even gonna lie. I'm almost to the point where I'm gonna keep following, 
thing, right? I'm I'm begrudgingly watching the anime. There's a few episodes that I'm starting to get a little warmed up to when it comes to the anime and whatnot. But still, it feels like almost uh, maybe I should just check out until Shinobu Otaka's next work. Because just because I'm a, a fan of her work and I'm a fan of her art, that doesn't mean that I got to stick around while the castle is on fire or some shit like that. And that's the way I kind of feel about Orient. I'm kind of sort of quasi enjoying it to a weird way, but I'm supposed to be like either I like it or I don't. Not that I almost feel like I'm pushing myself like, man, you got to like it as Shinobu Otaka. And that's not the way. And especially if the sales are 23,000, you got an anime on TV right now. Like these shit should have at the very least gone to 50 75 100 that means it's a failure in my opinion like again there's a difference eden zero got a lot of money behind it netflix video game all sorts of stuff this don't got shit okay so we'll see what happens i'm not here to bash orient i love shinobu otaka i love magi it just looks like Orient is dead in the water. And no matter what they've done, putting it in Besatsu Shonen, uh, giving it an anime, all of this stuff, it's not really doing anything. But we'll wait and see. Maybe in another volume or two, there'll be a big episode. The episode 19 effect, like what happened with Demon Slayer, will happen with Orient. And it'll take... That's probably not going to happen. Moving forward, I got three different series. I want to take a look at their sales. So I'm going to do it in one big one right here. We're going to go back to back. We got three pretty notable series. I guess for starters, let's take a look at World of Turiga. World Trigger by Yellowstone over on Twitter. Shoutouts to them. For starters, he said, It stayed pretty consistent between volumes 12 and 22. Then the anime returned and boosted sales. We'll have to wait to see if the sales can continue to rise following the recent airing of the anime's third season. And this is why World Trigger sticks around. Despite the fact that in the West, at the very least, World Trigger isn't the biggest Goliath. People aren't really all that into it. You see, Volume 1, for whatever reason, has no data. Was that pre? Maybe. I, I don't know. Volume 1, there's no data. But you go Volume 2, Volume 3. Every freaking volume has sold more than the last. Literally, the only dips were between 16 and 18. And then it just... It, oh, yeah. Okay. And it dropped from 21. But then it went right back. And Volume 24, the latest volume as of this chart, is the biggest selling volume. Like, yeah, World Trigger ain't ending anytime soon. By the grace of God, this series has been able to obtain a cult following because the author has had some serious health issues. He broke his wrist back in, like, I don't know, a few years back. And ever since then, it's been reoccurring health issues. So the fact that he's doing this, that's a blessing to that man. Shoutouts to the author of World Trigger because without those fans, this shit would have been long gone and his career would have been done so. But yeah, like, even with the latest volume, it's still at peak position. Let's move over to D. Gray Man, another series that has suffered from an author's health issues. Not the usual chart because there is only data on the second half. Thanks to print data, we can have an idea of the huge success that it was from the start. Impressive how it maintained itself over so many years despite having so many hiatuses. And yeah, as you can see with D. Gray Man, very, very wild, but still very good. Like, look at those sales early on. Volume 3, jumping into over 600,000. Like, this was insane for this and this is talking about the second half but you can definitely see i mean first of all it's been announced that it was headed towards its climax and you can see what like the latest volume 27 it is headed towards infancy i always say that, that we're gonna keep that as a staple here whenever we talk about sales when it heads towards infancy in terms of sales and what i mean by that is like the earlier volume sales numbers and whatnot when it heads that direction it means it's about to end it the gray man they announced climax look at sales over the years it's headed towards how it started so they're going to probably end it I, I don't know how regular the releases have been as of late, but next two to three years, I could imagine. And that's because, again, D. Grayman doesn't really release frequently at all. But yeah, still fascinating with D. Grayman. And then lastly, I've been holding on to this one for a little bit. Shout out to Yellow 
milestone again. Record of Ragnarok, aka Shimatsu no Valkyrie, uh, for 12 volumes, and it's just been astronomical. It's been astronomical. Let's see, did the anime do? The anime was announced on 9, anime came out on 11, and sales dropped by 12. <laughs> oh no! The. <laughs> Regular Ragnarok manga sales um, kind of took a little bit of a hit from the anime. The anime ain't do shit. Whatever. I, I still had a fun time with the anime. And yeah, you can see the manga sales straight off of quality. Straight off people loving those epic battles with these godlike creatures. Shoutouts to uh, Record of Ragnarok. Dope sales chart as well. Just up, up, and away. And then the anime came and got in the way. <laughs> okay, people. And last story of this episode. I've been avoiding the last year or two i think of really trying to cover this on forever news because I, I just think it's so shitty and why but uh, apparently according to this it says no anime films were nominated for the oscars but japanese film drive my car received multiple nominations so the only thing coming out of japan that got nominations is i'm guessing a live action film called drive my car because no anime films were nominated for oscars and i believe they did this the same thing last year and their reasoning behind not having demon say mugen train was what, what was it oh that it's attached to a series and you need to have seen the series they don't do that they only do that for singular films that they nominate for the oscar it's really stupid and there's plenty of anime like anime's tearing up the charts but you know how they go they throw up a bunch of roadblocks like oh you're not gonna get these oscars because oscars mean more prestige means more money means they can run the bag up more like yo toonami already can't afford demon slayer season two because mugen train did so well and that's without the oscar can you imagine what type of price they would have been asking for if they got the oscar <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Oscars ain't playing fair. Similar to like, come on, we go through this all the time. Like with hip hop with the Grammys. We just now had one of the biggest hip hop sessions ever for the freaking Super Bowl with Dr. Dre and Eminem and fucking 50 Cent and Kendrick and all that shit. So we still got a ways to go and these companies are still going to play hardball, so to speak, in terms of getting where we're trying to go. But yeah, no anime were nominated for the Oscars despite that last few years have just been insane for anime films i don't i don't get it man i don't i don't want to say fuck the oscars but <laughs> yeah it's kind of on that vibe lad like wh what and i believe those were the 94th oscars too so yeah maybe we'll get them next year tiger huh maybe jujutsu kaisen zero we're really crushed oh wait because it's well jujutsu kaisen zero is a technical one that they could actually roll with and get at the oscar because Technically, even in Japan, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is technically not Jujutsu Kaisen. It's the Tokyo Metropolitan, some bullshit. It has a different name. So technically, they would really be robbing Jujutsu Kaisen Zero if they say that. Because it's also a prequel. So it's not even, you don't need to watch or nothing. It's just called Jujutsu Kaisen Zero for marketing purposes. Technically, it's Tokyo whatever the fuck. But we gotta wait and see. Y'all probably like, oh snap, what's going on here? A special episode of Forever News I wanted to bring to you guys today. Uh, we're gonna be talking about the Crunchyroll Anime Awards with me. I have the notoriously just unstoppable plot armor. You guys want to introduce yourself? Please do. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Uh, we're plot armor. We make videos on anime and manga all the time, nearly every day, as much as we can. Always grinding, trying our best, and we're very happy to be here back on the channel over here. Yeah, just putting our best foot forward. You know that shonen mentality. 
nice to be here on For Never News. Uh, you already know. Now, some of y'all may remember these gentlemen. We did the best manga of 2021. Big, big event. Legendary event, honestly. One of the most fun times I've had creating content in quite some time. So I wanted to bring the guys back on again and uh, see what's going on here with this time around Crunchyroll's Anime Awards and see if they got it right. I've heard some murmurings. It's never a happy thing when these awards shows go down. There's always going to be somebody, no, that should happen. But I guess we'll, we'll give our two cents on whether or not they got it right with each of the categories. We're going to skip out on like the multiple language ones. We're not going to do like Russian VAs and stuff like that because that's just not, you know, in our wheelhouse. So we will be skipping out on that minus like English and Japanese since that's something that we can't touch up on. I don't want to waste any more of these uh, guys' time. Do you guys want to jump right into it? Let's do it. Okay, so we're going to start off first with best VA performance in English. Now, I'm not the biggest dub guy. I know a name or two here or there, so that's mainly going to be my perspective because I don't really watch dub. What about you guys? I have not touched a dub anime in a very long time. (laughs) I'm mostly into sub, like probably most people watching this video, but I will sometimes touch dub. If I'm trying to like multitask, you know? Yeah, no, I feel it. I mean, dubbing, like, I, I like it, like he said, multitasking. Like, I can do 100,000 things and just hear the audio where, you know, unfortunately, I'm not fluent in uh, Japanese. So it'll be a bit of a struggle. But Alessia says here, best VA performance in English was David Wald, who did I Know Skate Shindo, Adam from Skate the Affinity. I didn't even watch that anime. Did either of you? No. <laughs> no man. You know, we didn't watch Skate the Affinity. Oh, snap. Okay. Uh, Well, David beat out a couple of big contenders. I know Laura Bailey from Tor- uh, from Fruits Basket. She's big. Um, Adam MacArthur, who did UG Tadori. Wow, he, t- he took out some big names. Okay, so w- w- we can't give too much insight on this one because we're not familiar. But, well, let- let's see uh, switching languages. Let's jump over to uh, we're looking at best VA in English. Let's see Japanese. That's the only other one that I believe either of, of us gentlemen are uh, familiar with. Um, like this it? one. Whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we got best VA performance. Japanese winner is Yuki Kaji for Eren Yeager Attack on Titan Final Season Part One. This is a bag I think all of us can get into. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Performance like crazy. There's so much fire behind the voice of this guy. Yo, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I- I've been sleeping on Attack on Titan. It's a- I don't want to dive into the tumultuous fucking relationship that I have with this series but I will say that there is no doubt in my mind that Aaron Yeager the voice actor has put a thousand percent to the point where I just reported here on Forever News like two days ago that he lost his voice in the booth with the latest episode wow wow! like that that's passion to lose your voice screaming and all that stuff but I, I've said it before and I'll say it again it's amazing how they've been able to pull off Attack on Titan post the first three seasons because it's essentially almost a different show it's like a, a war story now opposed Truly. to uh, this Season four is so different from the rest of the series. It's like a whole different thing now. And uh, slice didn't something like that happen with the Broly VA? I feel like you took that mad years ago. Oh yeah, just like going crazy, losing your voice, just putting so much into the role. That was the um, Vic Mignogna, the English voice actor, I believe. The thing about this is like I'm fully into Aaron winning here, um, Yuki. However, I don't know if the competition is exactly like the craziest um most standout performances that like everyone is talking about like gabby's up there i, I don't know if you're gonna compete with aaron in that category uh, I-, I will say that i'm glad that aaron did beat gabby because like yeah I- i'm i'm no, I'm sorry. I can't. From the grave, I can't do disrespect our shorty like that. So, Gabby, you had to take the L. I don't care. I'm, I'm sorry. No. 
<laughs> oh snap no that, that's just being petty but yeah looking at the competition like i'm not I, I never got into odd taxi that's one that i do plan on getting into but i've yeah. heard great things but i don't know if it's greater than aaron yeager's scream insanity of what he did in that first half of uh, the final season i think it comes down to like the circumstance you know this is a suspenseful series this is a series where we don't know what's going on in aaron's head so like every word that's coming out of his mouth is going to be like the most impactful thing ever for the entirety of of that series which is like one of the biggest series in the world and yeah. then you have these other things where <laughs> these <formal>. other things <laughs> not even to be disrespectful but they're just not even in the same stratosphere as attack on titan in terms of popularity so they lose out on that and then just in terms of the performances you know some of these characters aren't like the biggest names comparatively right now absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah i mean if there's nothing else to say I, I, i'll say that i'm i'm satisfied more than satisfied with yuki winning this one i think it's deserved even beyond this competition i can't even think of you know another performance that year that stuck out like aaron so uh, this was uh last year yeah. i don't know if it competes with aaron or anything that's or yuki but i thought the va for bakugo had a great performance in season five as well though if you remember the 1a1b he had some very good delivery in that tournament Fair enough. I'll, yeah. I'll no comment that because i was not a fan of that season so i'll leave that as a no comment <laughs> it was the very beginning when we were all optimistic yeah, we still had hope back then uh it was very you should check it out whenever at least that fight on youtube or something yeah, <laughs> I mean, Bakugo's VA is always like he's always on ten though. He, he yeah, always yeah, brings yeah. that energy. That ah, for sure. Let's uh move on then. Best film winner of best film is Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, the movie Moving Train. And again, I personally like I'm looking at the list right now. What it was up against? There's only one other title I would have said might have been able to take the throne with Evangelion, but Demon Slayer winning. I mean, that's a no brainer. It's one of the most successful, isn't it? The most successful Japanese film of all time or something crazy. Like that, I believe yeah, so. It literally, like held up the economy or something. Yeah. See, you know what I mean? So uh, accolades, the performance in general, that was just a really freaking great movie too. Like, take all of that aside. I don't want to shit on the artistic side of it. It was pretty freaking awesome. UFO Table has done the damn job when it came to this movie, the series. Period. Like they've brought and elevated the series to a whole new world. Not just the series, anime in general. Yeah, truly. I think, I think they changed the way things are going to be for the next five years. But... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that movie set a precedent. Like, we're going to, this category is going to be crazy in the years to come just because of the precedent that's been set by this film. It, it's so wild. I feel like the, the market is starting to shrink more in terms of, like, the studios that people really talk about. Like, back in the day, people used to talk about, like, five or ten different studios. Yeah, yeah. Now it's, like, Ufotable, Mappa, and, hey, there's some Mad other Mad shit House. happening. You put here Madhouse, right? Madhouse, not, not as much as they used to. Because a lot of Madhouse employees went over to MAPPA. It got co-founded by some of the people from former Madhouse uh, employees. So people that probably worked on Hunter Hunter, Parasite, all of those big titles, they ran over to MAPPA. Yeah. You're right, for sure, though. It used to be so many studios we talked about. Now it's Max 3. You know, exactly. Like, you know, we don't care. <laughs> we'll, look forward, we'll look forward to, like, something from Studio Trigger or whatever, you know, one of their original series and things those like that. wacky things, yeah. But that's like a, you know, that's a one-off. That's the small thing. MAPPA's taking over every every like major title right now quick thing on trigger agree or disagree 
I feel like Trigger has become kind of like a niche in itself within anime. It's like a genre. Trigger is like a whole genre of anime. I, I feel like. I, so I agree. I think it's like a like a Ghibli movie kind of yeah. thing, but just like as a series. They have their own little niche genre thing. Look at the creativity and where it comes from because Studio Trigger, they're actually similar to what's happening with MAPPA coming from Madhouse. They were originally Studio Gynex and they did Gurren Lagan, and then they took all those talented people that did the wackiness of Gurren Lagan, and then they went to Trigger and they made Kill La Kill and then they just keep on with the it's interesting to see where it all stems from and how it keeps on like this studio does something crazy then a bunch of people within it like okay we're gonna do our own thing and then they go on to do something crazy are you a Trigger fan? Uh, I mean I can't off the top of my head list a whole bunch of series from them but what they did with Kill La Kill and just in general what they stand for and what they've been doing of an independent route of you know breaking away from Gynex I've always respected what they've done and it's wackiness is creative to me I love it and I mean if we look at the studios that are on this list for these films i mean the only one that kind of sticks out to me would be bones but i it's been a while since i've thought of studio bones yeah i gotta pull out magnifying glass on bones like <laughs> what y'all been well, doing lately the topic of um anime films demon slayer is getting an announcement uh in the next week do you think it's gonna be film th- film two or season three I, I I guess where's the manga at right now? Is there enough where they could do like a like you know the the Mugen Train was like oh wow that's kind of perfect yeah. to just put into a movie. The swords swords what's it called? Swordsmith Village. Swordsmith Village. Yeah. You think that could be compacted all the way straight into a movie or? Yeah, I especially think especially so. the ending would be a great for the movie. Yeah, you know the ending. Yeah. I'm not no no spoilers yet. No spoilers. Not, not. <laughs> but the ending would be great for a movie. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I I think that it could have a similar impact to how Mugen Train was because Mugen Train, you know, action-packed, also emotional, just everything that is Demon Slayer could definitely be compounded into a movie. It could go either way, truly. I think that because of how well Mugen Train did, they're going to be inclined to want to do another movie because at the end of the day, they still repackaged Mugen Train for television afterwards. So it doesn't make a difference to them as a studio. And uh, we know that Kondo is making sure those cafes are bringing in that money so you can put it in his safe in its home. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, let's move on to the shits and giggles. Best comedy winner um and that is an anime that actually just started not that long ago comey can't communicate one best comedy and it beat out some decent contenders i mean i was a big fan of don't toy with me miss nagatoro i'm shocked that it beat that out i didn't win yeah i was probably i didn't win that had a lot of buzz a lot of hype a lot of controversy Controversy. back and forth like was that like earlier in the year yeah, I want to say that was yeah, probably I think, spring. I think it might be a recency thing. Could be, yeah, now that you say that. Because don't tell me much now. I don't know. I, I know I was shocked because I thought I was going to watch maybe one episode, see what the Hubble Bubble was about and keep on moving. And then I'm like, oh, shit, it's the season finale. No. So, <laughs> yeah, I know that Horikoshi was a fan of um, oh, Komi. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did like that. He, I remember him mentioning it in one of the author comments i think it's surprisingly uh, really popular i've come to realize oh yeah it definitely is I, it's on netflix you know it's the accessibility is there um for general audience members and people like that the other contenders we got odd taxi i feel like it may very well be a great series and stuff but it's a little bit harder to get into for your average anime enjoyer or just casual viewer because of you know these are anthropomorphic animals going into a cab you know it doesn't have that same allure or appeal not forget Agresco, though. Fair enough, but I think that, um, you know, that's a Sanrio character, so it's the same appeal as Hello Kitty, which is just massive. I want to say they they excluded Agresco from this one because of 
how it came out or when it came out or something like that. I remember okay. reading like because that probably would have been here in the categories, but they excluded it because of its release date or something like that. See, that would have been a, probably a better competitor. Well, not a better, but like a sizable competitor because of, again, impact it already has had. People are familiar with it, lo- longing for it. It's on Netflix, so it would have probably been a pretty powerful addition to this i would have preferred miss nagatoro because so far from what i've seen of Komi can't communicate it's all right i'm, I'm enjoying it but boy did miss nagatoro make me fucking bust out laughing so many times recency <laughs> bias i feel that's probably the best thing yeah that's a good way to put it because it kind of feels that way like man i don't know but uh okay let's mosey on over to best fantasy and the winner of that is by studio 8-bit that time i got reincarnated as a slime season two and that's best fantasy wow that's another one that i've been sleeping on because like i've watched majority of every other contender uh because this was a packed house they have wonder egg priority to your eternity the case study of Vanitas, uh the slime series Ranking of Kings and Mushoku Tensei. I would have put Ranking of Kings or Mushoku Tensei easily. This would not have been. Again, I'm not caught up or I'm not into the Slime series right now. I'm planning on it. But yeah, Ranking of Kings is just godlike. I don't know. I think that this is definitely a case of just popularity. That's what it has to be. The fantasy genre in anime is one of the most packed things you can find i mean there's an isekai every week isn't there (laughs) so to have slime up there is pretty i think surprising to an extent slime has one thing going for it though uh one big thing it's marketability Mm -hmm. that main character rimuru it's powerful. Yeah. I think that's something that has over a lot of other potentially better fantasy anime. I might be even speaking with recency bias because to be honest with you, To Your Eternity, which came out around the same time as Nagatoro, I probably would even put over Ranking of Kings because that shit had me bawling, crying every freaking week. Yeah, I mean, I've everyone that's ever talked to me about the series has talked about how emotional they get watching it, you know? You would think that it would be an impact kind of thing. But ultimately, this is an open voting situation. It's not like there are like a panel of judges or anything. So it's less of a quality thing and more just popularity. And Slime is, when it's on Crunchyroll, it's plastered everywhere. I mean, I'm pretty sure my icon on Crunchyroll is a Rimuru. <laughs> so <laughs> he's everywhere. Yeah, wow. I, I, I'd imagine if it was like a certain section, they would probably, because all I heard was how a masterclass Mushoku Tensei is for mm-hmm. the isekai genre. So I'm shocked that that didn't even take it because the fandom was ridiculous while that was running. You know what it is? Also, I think the isekai lovers are a smaller sect. Like they probably go with Mushoku Tensei, but then the grander expanse of just general fans probably elevated slime over it. It's like, and I don't know if y'all will agree with me, but it's like putting in a popularity vote, Yu Yu Hakusho or Dragon Ball Z. The real ones know what's good, mm-hmm. but Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Z's going with Yeah, <laughs> easily that. Yeah, exactly that. Oh man, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I can't, I can't rock with that. I'm sorry. Like there's too many really like 10 out of 10 type of shit here to give it to the slime series. Again, I'm not caught up on the slime series and I'm not hating on slime. Congratulations. It just wouldn't be me. <laughs> Slime is easy, it's digestible, it's simple content, you know, comparatively, I mean. Um, uh, mainstream appeal. Yeah, so it just has that mainstream appeal to it. Fair enough. Let's move on to best action winner. And the mm. best action winner from Studio Mappa. Surprise, surprise. Jujutsu Kaisen Core 
2. And it beat out very, very tough contenders. Attack on Titan Part 1, Final Season, Demon Slayer, The Mugen Train, which that's movie quality that they just, you know, put in a TV rendition. Uh, I'm not sure what the hell is the SSSS Xenon. Are either of you familiar with that? Is it in the Gridman series? SSSS. It's by Trigger. Yeah, it's by Trigger. SSSS was Gridman. So what, is that like a spinoff of another series or? Yeah, it looks like it. Essentially. Yeah. It's like, imagine Gundam. Yeah, because it literally has subtitled Gridman Universe. So it's like like a Gundam type thing where there's like, you know. Oh, different things in the same, in in a universe. I guess it just didn't. This one didn't get into our purview because Gridman, the first one, had like, everyone. you know, everyone talking because of, uh, especially the female characters. Fan service. Yeah, definitely the fan service there. Bit Studio put their foot in it when it came to Vivi. Either you watch Vivi Fluorite Eyes song. I, I never watched it, but I feel like I might have seen a shot or two. That looked absolutely. I mean, I guess this is for action, so I can't really, but Vivi aesthetically was just oh my god especially the detail in the eyes like we give Jujutsu Kaisen the eye detail like oh my god look at Gojo's eyes so detailed no the Vivi and I know I'm giving props uh, like the eye detail but holy <laughs> shit <laughs> fluoride eyes they really yeah. made sure they put it in the eyes it was yeah pretty- I'm, I'm seeing it just a little quick look on Google it was something else man so action, I, yeah action I gotta stay on that because like that's a different thing one day priority no like it was a really awesome show but well to in uh no not action vv again i don't know about action i'm very unfamiliar with dyna xenon so I'm, I'm i don't know jujutsu kaisen core 2 had incredible action mugen train had the oh my god the choreography it, it, sometimes i look at it I'm like damn it almost feels like they reenact some or tried to reenact some of this shit with humans and then just redo it or something it looks so Wow. I think that this one is a fair winner for sure. Because for as good as Attack on Titan is, how much we enjoy it. You know, right now, especially it's the story and all that that we're really looking forward to. Not exactly the Titan, you know, back and forth all Like Levi versus the Beast. Like that was season three. Well, that's an exception. But obviously that was amazing. You see, yeah, that's that's at those times for sure. Like I'm not even discrediting Attack on Titan's action and stuff. I'm but just like comparatively to um, JJK, I mean, we have so many hand-to-hand brawls and stuff. It's a lot of just good stuff, especially the ending of that season was very well choreographed. JJK is like a traditional, it's a battle manga, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. We're squaring up. Attack on Titan has action, but I don't feel like it's exactly a battle manga. And Mako then- put their foot into it. And then a lot of, like, when it, when it comes to the Demon Slayer action part, a lot of that was motherfuckers on a train trying to figure out what's going on, dream yeah. sequences. The, the, the length of that was that. Yeah, so yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen definitely got it fairly. This was fair and square, so. Agreed. Big ups to JJK taking the action as it should. I mean, that's MAPPA's specialty at this point, right? Let's move on. Best drama. Uh, Okay, and I don't know what else is in the category yet, but To Your Eternity winning best drama. I'm here for it. It was very dramatic. It beat out 86. I heard a lot of hubbub about that. It beat out Fruits Basket. Wow. Uh, Kageki Shoujo, Taxi, and Wonder Egg Priority, yo, Wonder Egg Priority gets nominated so many times. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps taking L's left and right. Uh, I'm 150% on board with this uh, victory. Like, I think they got it right with this one. Makes sense to me. Like I said, people just keep crying watching this. I mean, that's, one the, <laughs> that's one of the most impactful, emotional outbursts you can have. So definitely makes sense to me. Yeah, didn't watch it, but um, throughout the year, everyone was talking about it, like in our community on Discord or in like community polls on YouTube. 
fairs fairs um the best romance i really didn't watch did either you watch like romance you really want to break down the best romance i don't know i don't think i have the credentials for this have, one yeah at least not this year's <laughs> we too manly in this bitch we, we moving <laughs> on <laughs> all right i will just drop in the fact i'm surprised that um b star is like i'm pretty sure they have like a strong backbone of fans i'm surprised they didn't like beat out anything in their way wait hori mia one? Oh, okay um that's a shocker. I I probably would have given it to Don't Toy with Me or Fruits Basket, but wow, Cody yeah, Mia. I mean, a Fruits Basket has a pretty strong fan base too. Because Fruits Basket been around, and I know I said we wasn't gonna go into the romance shit, but Fruits <laughs> Basket been around for a minute. Like that was the OG shoujo romance series that all the girls got into, like anime and manga back in the day. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a shock. Uh, okay, let's go to best fight scene winner best fight scene winner uh jujutsu kaisen core 2 yuji tadori and aoi toto versus hanami and i can't get mad at that one either i can't no no no, wait wait a minute i'm mad yeah i am mad i'm mad hold up yo how are they gonna do my 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 no naruto should have won that naruto versus ishiki should have won no 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 I'm I watched that fight again today. Mappa is insane. They have the water looking like it's in a movie. Like, man, and the choreography, the clapping with uh, Toto. Nah, that fight got it. I don't Naruto know. Naruto boxing was too. Naruto boxing, and on top of that, taking dude's life with every blow. And it just felt like, like, okay, I'll, I'll give you the difference of what I felt and what I think majority of people would feel watching that fight with Naruto versus Ishiki and the fight with Yuji and Toto. Yuji and Toto fight, it feels like it's in the grand scheme of things. It feels like, okay, this is going to lead to something else. I don't, even when I read it back in the day, when I watched it, I never thought like, damn, yo, Yuji's gonna die in this one, fam. Like, I never had any of those feelings. With the Naruto versus Ishiki fight, every step of the way, I thought, oh my god, is Naruto gonna die here? Is this gonna be the moment? Yeah, there's if, more depth to if it. If we're talking that, if we're considering things like the depth of the fight, the stakes, yes. But if we're just talking choreography and just how it looks, the excite, the hype, I give it to JJK. But for taking- Bro, b- Naruto came down like a meteorite. I don't even know about the hype, because I think people lost their minds when, like, Gojo was doing his thing, Um, you know, with that whole situation. And it was definitely, you know, it's JJK. It's exciting just seeing anything. But the the impact of that Naruto fight. The choreography in that JJK fight, though, man. I'll give it to you on that, but, like, I think that it wasn't... All right, the choreography with JJK was, like, up here. Naruto, I'll say, maybe around here or something like that. But it makes up for it with everything else that is so much more elevated and above uh, this fight. And also, I'll say... JJK had two nominations on this one, this yeah, one like, category. Come on, oh, man. Wow, I didn't even realize. Yeah, Yuji and Nobara, and then Yuji and... Yeah. What the? Oh, okay, that's cheating. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. You had to win. Nah, no, I'm, I'm giving it to Naruto. I'm sorry, I disagree I'm with this I'm not mad at it, though, but I do like the JJK fight a lot. Like, this was the only nomination that Boruto got out of having, like, one of the best years the entire franchise has had. And, yeah. and you know forever so yeah i i respect it though absolutely because that was an amazing bout yuji and toto like i respect that that's you know what you're rocking with and that's it was, it was one of the like better combination fights like um two-on-one or anything like that in a while had a lot Last of people screaming of not mad you guys for liking boruto and Verda. i think 
the stakes were much higher and you know most we also had um aaron versus the warhammer titan i mean uh, that that was no i, I think it it lacks the depth to an extent just because we just met the warhammer don't really you know it's not that crazy um the visuals it's not it's not competing yeah people were still complaining at that time too about the cg there was still yeah a, true, true, true. It, it was a dope fight but nowhere near on the level of i, I think it like had more shock value than the UG in Toto, but that's about it. I guess if you're anime only too, for Attack on Titan, the fact that we really just brought in this new Titan just to have them pop like that, you know, it was like, dang. Yeah, it's never so impactful when you don't have enough time with a character involved in a fight. It's kind of- There's also that surprise, surprise factor. Yeah, yeah. that uh, it's like, wow, we're really doing this. Mm -hmm. It's really got pop. Yeah. Bringing me back Attack on Titan. Had some amazing moments. All right, let's skedaddle on down to best antagonist. Winner. Wow. Attack on Titan clearing house. Aaron Yeager. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, this one was controversial. Very yes. Controversial. Yes. Well, let's just quickly look. Okay, so the nominees were Aaron Yeager, Ashigaraki Tomoda for season five, Yano from Odd Taxi, Akidna from ReZero, Ainosuke Shindo, and Kisaki from Tokyo Revengers. Easily, if it was going to be anybody else besides Aaron, I would probably go with Kisaki because that dude was... Really? Yeah, I would, I would go like, Akidna was dope. I'm not familiar with Yano, Shindo, and Shigaraki, if it was the manga, like one to one, I give that like yo, it's, it's Tomoda all day. But yeah, I would probably give it a Kisaki if it wasn't. But then again, which I'm sure that's what you were referring to when you said that this was controversial because him being in this role to begin with. Yeah, that's, that's a the controversy. Yeah, that's, that's a bit of morality right there. Like, well, if you look at his morals of what he was trying to do, do you really say yada yada? What did and you even guys how he's say? poised in this series, you know, it's like he can be considered a protagonist despite him he was being in both categories. What he was, he was protagonist and antagonist. Yeah, he was nominated in both oh, categories. Come on, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, you can't. That's not how that works. <laughs> you, you just because you're against someone else. That is, you can't be both with this, bro. Because isn't Deku technically against Shigaraki? Yeah. Like, he's Shigaraki. You can't do that. Guy. Okay, they just wanted him to win. Just say that. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, like, I don't know, his intentions, he's just returning the favor. I mean, it's not that, I don't know. I don't feel he's an antagonist. I think that because he was here, like, once they announced the category, I knew that he was going to win. It was one of those like things where you could just see it because of popularity of the character right now, that year, and the impact. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense for him to even be in the category. Would we put Light Yagami, if it was today, that's not what's today, would we put Light Yagami in here? Oh, that's an interesting question. That's the same thing. Could, that's that's a similar kind of guy. Not one-to-one, -one, but very similar. I think you can't put him in both, though. I, I think you have to either put him in protagonist or antagonist. But I, I would more likely put him in protagonist because the people that are antagonizing him would the L, you know, and the police force or whatever. Just because you are doing bad things does not mean that you can't be a protagonist of your story. You are the person who is pushing forth this thing and you're setting on this journey, whether that be good or bad morally, you know, that's what you're setting out to do. The people who oppose you are antagonizing and going against you. It's just perspective, essentially. Like, 
to people that let's just say for whatever reason they jumped into attack on titan with the time skip and whatnot and they're following gabby's journey they're looking at Aaron. oh he's the he's the bad guy but right. with us that we have these eyes of seeing that like yo he was tortured and he saw his mother die right before his eyes and stuff like that you're gonna know that okay there's more to him and then when you realize his reasoning behind things you're like oh and at the end of the day it's just to get back like the same thing y'all did to my hometown destroyed everything and all that well here right. you go so either way that's crazy and then both categories yeah uh they kind of i think they kind of messed up there because if if we wanted to break it down as just like isolating this season or this part of the season then you could say he could be the antagonist i guess but at that point who do you say is the protagonist Ryan. <laughs> man that gabby guy. gabby <laughs> But I'm not mad at him for winning. I like him. So. Because I'd say, like... Well, who would you... Okay, out of that list, who would you replace him with if you decided, you know what, I want him out of here? Who would you put then? Um, okay. Kisaki is the devil. He's evil. But was he's so present as much as everyone else? I'm not sure. Um, oh, yeah, that is. Because he wasn't really... You know that it's there. his wrath, but yeah. you don't really see him until towards... The, yeah, okay. And that was one of the pro Like, one of the things I was wondering about. I was like, okay, I guess we're going to just get him really much later because I I don't know this guy. Like, I, I know he's... He's responsible in the grand scheme of things, but I'm just seeing the impact of his stuff. I'm not seeing him directly involved with it. Echidna, I, I, she's bizarre. Yeah. She's bizarre. Like, she's just strange. So I can understand it being a little uh, confusing. Shigaraki, despite the anime season five being what it was, <laughs> ultimately, and this is not even biased of, you know, covering my hero for all the time we have. We got so much from the character with this portion of the story in terms of, you know, his origins, where like where he's coming from, how he came to be this way, and then his deliverance of his wrath, I think I'd have to give it to Shigaraki. And absolutely, absolutely. If we're just looking at the actual content, what happened, Shigaraki might. The way he broke it down, yeah. Like my bias of just how I feel. I'm right there with you with season five, man. Right, I, I think we, we quit like covering it towards the end, right? Yeah, we were making reviews weekly, but we just, we can't do this. Yeah, I'm like, yo, I, it was the villain arc looking forward to the most got to it saw that they cut out like the first like most important thing for me and then chopped up the rest yeah okay I, w I waited how long for this no no i'm good we were gonna yeah. complain weekly you know yeah I, I, I was singing this shit's praise way before i was like yo j oh, i don't know what, once it, it hits y'all not ready you ready? anime only it's about to get crazy yeah this is the point where my hero will never be the same uh no they ruined it. They sold it. And I don't I don't even know how I feel about the continuation of anime right now Ooh. because of that. So but and the manga speeding up. Well anyway, yeah, I don't wanna <laughs> die too far off, but despite how like it may have been adapted, ultimately, Shigaraki, I'd have to give it to him. I'm not mad about Aaron. Like, we love Aaron. We love but, Aaron. So but, you know. Shout outs to Aaron Yeager. And I guess with that, since it's, you know, uh, two wings on the same plane, let's jump to best protagonist. And the winner of the best protagonist, thankfully, they didn't give it to uh, both ones. <laughs> it's not Aaron Yeager. Oh, it is. They changed the winner. If you won it, they just didn't <laughs> They probably just rigged the voting. They're like, screw it now. We can't do this. We're not doing, it. We're not it, doing that. It was. I need your bold statements on this one. Otokawa from Odd Taxi. What? <laughs> nah, Nothing. dog. Nah, nah. I don't know about Otokawa. I'm sure he's a one of the greatest anime characters ever freaking written. But nah, dog. Like, alone. Okay. Aaron Yanko, we just broke him down. He's a great <laughs> oh, character. Uh, Yuji was dope. I don't, I don't know if I would say he's like 
blew my mind as an MC yeah. or anything. Like, gonna get me canceled on this one. Joe. I'm, I'm not gonna. I, I love JJK. I consider Itadori the most forgettable Shonen main character. He's more bland to me than Deku. It doesn't even feel like his story. I love. JJK. I, I never thought about. The, I want to say his most bland, but he's definitely not like. He's not. Yeah, he's not he's, the most. We we always we always go back to Gojo for the hype. We don't go to yeah. the MC, which yeah. like in Black Clover, I'll still get hype over Asta, even though I'm really hype over Yami. But I'll still get hype. I don't really do I ever get really. I mean, there was a few moments. I guess when he gets mad and in dangerous situations, I'm a little bit hype. But we're not even looking forward to him. We're looking forward to, to Sukuna. Sukuna. Yeah. Wow. No. Fushi Guru, Sukuna, Gojo, like. Nobara, like, but yeah, all those characters overshadow Yuji for me. I feel like he's really forgettable. Uh, obviously, anything could happen in the last stretch of the story, but at this point, I feel like if it ended today, in five years, we would not talk about this character yeah. ever. Wow, yeah. that's that's a bold statement, and bold I could see fun. people being pissed off, but yeah. Yeah. I can't really disagree. I never I, really thought about it. You know, I love JJK still. Yeah, it's a great series. I just don't yeah. really care for this. I think the main character. I heard him say all this, and I came to the realization. You're right. Like, Oh God, okay, that. just a quick one. Yuta or Yuji? Uh, I think Yuta is more cool. I, I think he's more. He has more character than Yuta has more character than. I, I, he he comes across as have. he comes across as more badass because of his links to Gojo as well. Like yeah. the fact that he's second to. It's like yeah, yeah. there's a lore to it. Yuta, I feel like he has more. This might even be a bad thing to some people. Itadori just feels like a regular high school kid. You know what I mean? There's nothing stand out to him about, in my opinion. Yuta feels like a whole character. I could I could describe him. He's not just normal dude. There's more depth and like you know more going on, uh, especially when we're just talking about the anime right now. You know, there's a lot more to recognize with that character. Itadori, he doesn't have even a signature move like that is so prolific in our minds that we think about or associate the character with. You know, usually that's how you establish like your main MC of a sh shonen series he just doesn't yeah i feel like it's gonna be like nine o'clock at night i'm gonna be chilling and that's just gonna pop in mind i'm gonna be like yo word he really was spitting facts right there <laughs> oh shoot again hey if the commenters are upset i can't help it but i can't really argue against that that much because I'm never really like, yo, Yuji. I'm more like, yo, Gojo. Yeah, I want to hear Yeah, that. I'm curious. Tell me why you you're like a poopy head. You don't know what you're talking about. Goodbye. Tell me why you like Itadori. I want to hear it, you know? I want to hear it. Oh, shit. I'm looking up the popularity song. But but, but let, let's get back to, hold on, the, the best protagonist. So, Yuji and Eren, that's ridiculous. He just won, you know what I'm saying, the other one. I, I would easily give it to Joe. I don't know if either of you are Megalobox fans. I watched season one. I loved it season one i didn't get around to season two you're doing yourself a disservice dog really season two it takes it in a whole different direction first okay. of all joe is dealing with a lot of freaking demons dog he is dealing with some serious tough stuff throughout it it's way darker it's i just got goosebumps talking about it wow Whoa. Yeah, I swear I'm to God. I'm surprised. I thought, you know, because honestly, sometimes with a series, if I feel like content with a season one, you know, I won't even continue just because I don't know what more I could ask for from this. So I didn't. Yeah, I thought it was just a one and done. Out of, out of everybody it. here on this list, Adakawa from Odd Taxi, I don't know him, but Boji from Ranking of Kings. I love Ranking of Kings. And Iodo, Joe, he feels like almost a real person. Like I can show you like 
okay, boom, he tries his hardest. Boom, he's dealing with this. Boom, he's did like he legitimately is a fleshed out, like full blown, real oh, character. Wow. And wow. what he dealt with in that freaking season, like, now nah, I gotta give it. I feel Megalobox Two is criminally underrated. Like they even took it in a different direction of like, okay, uh, they went to like Mexico and they had like Mexican music and shit. They just tried something different wow. and it worked through and through. And I'm about to give yeah, it I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, with season one, it reminded me of um, kind of like Bebop or Samurai Champloo and the whole aesthetic it has. Like that feeling that they're really going about this artistically. A billion percent. That's literally what I used to say when I was watching season yeah. one straight up. Like, oh, it got it like older aesthetic of like Cowboy Bebop or something. Yeah. Wow. I will say, once again, Wonder Egg is here again. <laughs> <laughs> Jack of all trades, master of none. Does it all. Does it all. <laughs> oh shit, that's a good one. <laughs> well, what the heck, yo? Well, oh, I mean, would you put Iodo in there? No, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Iodo. <laughs> oh my goodness. What do, like, hasn't won a single thing, but is nominated for everything. everything. They're doing stuff right, it's not perfect <laughs> i guess so but yeah for me joe uh boji is really dope too uh like you you know just thinking about yuji like eh, he he he's a part of a really awesome series so he kind of characters he kind of just got the participation like trophy here yeah. <laughs> even being a nominee and hey we'll make it clear again if you love it to dory all good i'd like to know why just let me know why maybe yeah. i'll change my mind Maybe I'm missing something. It could be that, you know, entry anime. A lot of people, if that's their entry, like, that's their goat no matter what. Okay, let's move on. Let's go to best character design. Seriously? Uh, the winner is Tadashi Hiramatsu from Jujutsu Kaisen Core 2. So, essentially, this, the character designs in general, like, the character design okay. for that season. Okay. We got Odd Taxi. I am gonna lie. I don't watch it, but, like, character design-wise, come on. No, no stop. Uh, Ranking of Kings. Uh, Again, it's more of an animation thing than art style. I would say like I'm not like oh my god it looks like you know I'm more so like oh my god it's so fluid and beautiful skate the infinity I didn't get into that one VV and wondering I'd give it to VV the the character designs of say, you were like talking of VV but look there's one thing I know it's been on it's been on here for other things so I don't see why not I, I I'd give I, it to VV Demon Slayer at least on this list I don't know if you agree or disagree for never me and Slice have talked about this Demon Slayer has some of the best character designs in the Shonen. Absolutely. They're all so unique visually. They're like amazing. Like I feel like it should have been on here. See, I, I feel like that for Black Clover. I feel like Black Clover. I love. We talked about, talk about that too. too? We we talk about Yuki Tabata's little like. If you go back to his Hungry Joker series, I always reference that because that was my first exposure to his art style. Same. It's something about that crude, like when there's a demon or somebody is being really freaking messed up. Like he knows how to draw some really sick shit. That like I don't know. I love that art style for Black Clover, and it's not me being biased about. It's just genuinely aesthetically, there's something about those character designs, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. That's how I feel about. Well, I feel it for Black Clover too, but I feel that more strongly about Demon Slayer like every character is so unique I, I think with Black Clover, it's like they're able to m make it gnarly, but also like not so grotesque that it leaves the mainstream sort of um, visuals or aesthetic. Yeah, Demon Slayer is probably like the best when it comes to character designs. In when it comes to modern anime, modern shonen, it is there's nothing that I can think of that even comes close. Yeah. Every single Very character, clean. you can look at them and you know you pretty much know what you're dealing you with. Flashy Tengen is, and then you have some another character like um, Rengoku, who's more like you know more uh, like a light, like a yeah, exuberant. You can see it. It man, 
Brilliant. Like, mm. Go Toge. Go. Like, there's you. You know, plain, simple, calm, yeah. water. Yo, Mehimejima. Crying, praying. You don't get this anywhere else. Like, These are just like, it's it's something else. Have, and transformations. Yeah. I would have Mugatra on this list, at least. Yeah, I think it it's a criminal injustice not to have it here. And, and they have, have it in a... And, and, Although Wonder Egg looks nice. <laughs> Wonder, yeah, Wonder Egg, it deserves a nomination. I don't know if I'd give it the win, but it deserves a nomination. <laughs> That, that's the story of Wonder Egg. Oh shit! You should have a Wonder Egg counter on the screen. <laughs> Honestly, yo, whoever's editing this one for me, uh, you heard the man. Put that shit in there. Oh. Alrighty, best director winner: Baku Kinoshita for Odd Taxi. Again, I hate it. I really wish I would have watched this one. I didn't realize it was gonna be this much of a freaking key player on everything. And the nominees were Yuichiro Hayashi from Attack on Titan, Songhu Park for Jujutsu Kaisen. I've heard that name before. Uh, Yo Moriyama Megalobak, uh, Shingo Natsume from Sunny Boy, and Shin Wakabayashi from Wonder Egg Priority. <laughs> Bing. Gotta get, get it going. Best director. I have I, to strongly disagree. There's no way. Like, I, I, there's just no way that JJK is on this list for direction and did not take it. There is just, it's impossible. This doesn't make any sense. Because it's like, the direction that put really Jujutsu Kaisen on the map. If it wasn't for that director, who knows where we'd be at with it. I, I didn't, I don't even know how this could even come to pass just because I can't even give it to the popularity thing. I can't say that, you know, the the series just isn't there yet. How? Maybe they're giving it a handicap because they're not like humanoid characters and directing it to make you feel like kind of like a B stars. Maybe that's where they were going with it. Yeah, like it made you feel like you're actually watching humanoids when I, mean, I, I don't know. That was a terrible reach. I got like I just don't know why. <laughs> but, uh, if it's similar to Agresco, where it's like you know animal things, whatever. Uh, Showing showcasing very human emotions and you know going on that type of ride, uh, maybe. But then you got to compare it to Attack on Titan. How we? How do? How, yeah. I, I'm sure there's plenty of Odd Taxi fans out there that are screaming at us right now. I'm you don't listen. I am going to watch Odd Taxi now because <laughs> I need to know how this is possible. Because if I'm just sitting here like, oh my god, I'm, who directed this? this. <laughs> you gotta I, I, look I up like, everything he's ever done. Yeah. <laughs> I was wrong. A year later, saying. a year later after it's airing. Odd Taxi, by the way, you guys should be watching. And Megalobox 2 also deserves a, a nod for Best Director because the direction of that show to go from what that first season felt like to we're in the slums of Mexico, motherfuckers is breaking into abandoned buildings just to survive. Joe is dealing with a whole bunch of really messed up stuff. The director really had to keep his foot on the gas because it could have got lost real quick. Like you're going to Mexico and you where's the these characters what happened but he kept it together and it little by little unfolds throughout the season so i gotta give a nod for that one shout outs to yo moriyama attack on titan just in terms of the workload the the difficulty put it all together and in that yeah and and it's in such a small time frame let's re like remember that like how long it took us to get seasons of attack on titan Damn. previously you know lit. they yep. adapted the manga so fast these are these are two strong contenders right here that i wouldn't even 
think anything could break through, but our taxi must be just like the best series possible, man. And Wonder Egg is just something else. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's jump on to though. Let's get a little bit Sonic with it. Best score. Uh, the best score winner is Yuki Kajiura and Go Shina from Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, Mugen Train arc. So musically, I remember there was a few cues. I mean, let alone the opening was fire. Uh, with that part that was one of the things that i remember saying like hey we got a cool opening out of this why not but score wise damn i i hate to keep sounding like like a fanboy of it but easily would have been megalobox for me it was something real unique for an anime to go just this all hispanic mexican music and like that was wild i mean i'm sure these other shows got some dope shit but megalobox whoa I don't know. Like the jazz and cowboy bebop type thing. I always love when shows mm -hmm. and do something like that. I don't feel well versed enough to touch upon this entirely because I'm not familiar with the music for all these shows. And I'm basing off of my knowledge of season one with Megalobox, but if they kept that same energy from season one, there's like that is some of the best stuff possible. They really like were in their bag when it came to the different sounds. Like you felt it felt grungy. It felt like you were in the city. It felt like you were in the slums. It felt like you were elevated depending on the situation and i think especially with a series that is just you know one-to-one -one boxing you have to have that sort of intensity to the music to convey the weight of each punch and things like that demon slayer such an emotional ride such an emotional experience in so many ways i think the music played a big factor whether you recognize it or not in how we felt about everything that happened with that arc yeah it, it, they had a lot of dr uh, dramatic cues that i do remember like every now and then i'd be like oh shit that was that was interesting it made the scene feel a little bit more because again they gotta when you're doing something like readapting for a similar medium like you're just putting it into a tv series opposed to just an anime you gotta try and give all the other bells and whistles a little bit of a tweak so go in the music do something different like i remember there was a a, a rengoku score in that first original episode that they did that was kind of dope so it's a movie so you know a movie will always go above and beyond so fair enough okay we got the final six categories let's do it we got best girl and the winner best girl nobara kugisaki jujutsu kaisen core 2 I'm mad at it. No surprise there. People love her. Uh, Are we sure? Well, I mean, people just, she's so popular. No, no, no. I, I just, I'm surprised by Comey not winning. Comey didn't oh, win. Toru Honda didn't take the dub and that's fruits basket it, it looks like the fruits basket fandom either they really weren't they're, they're not really into like this voting stuff or they they've shrunken because i would have expected fruits basket to tear it up with like you know these are fans that they've been rocking with this series for like 20 freaking years so mm -hmm. it, it's kind of shocking to see that fruits basket while it got nominated a bunch of times it's not taking any w's that's kind of interesting but i'd give it to nobara myself personally you sure you wouldn't give it an Ioto? Because uh, <laughs> Wonder Egg is on there again. <laughs> Bing! <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Like, they did what is not in this series. You're walking away watching Odd Taxi. I'm going to walk away watching Wonder Egg. Yeah. Truly I, I, a jack of all trades. <laughs> Master of none, but shout outs to Nobara. I, I I don't got no argument with that. Nobara is awesome. I, I was screaming how much I love Nobara from like, what was she introduced? Episode three, I think. Let's move on. This one I'm very happy about. Best boy winner, Boji from Ranking of Kings. And I want to say even when I was talking about the nominations initially, that was my pick for best boy. Or I, I tied it. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I tied. I said either Boji or somebody from Tokyo Revengers because two contestants from Tokyo Revengers are 
nominated Mikey and Draken. Ah, I don't. I, I wouldn't. Boji or or Mikey would have been my pick, but I'm I'm very happy with ranking of kings taking something. What do you guys think? Uh, you want to work through the nominations? We can do that for this one. Okay. Uh, we got Senku Ishigami, Dr. Stone Season 2. I guess that would probably be one of the few that you could put in. Because Dr. Stone, it was dope and all that stuff. But I don't know if I, like, animation-wise or fights. So, I, at the very least, they included him or something. Um, then we got Izumi Miyamura from Horimiya. We got Arakawa from uh, Taxi, Boji Ranking of Kings, Ken Draken from Tokyo Revengers, and Manjiro Mikey from Tokyo Revengers. Again, yeah, unfair. Why the hell are they having two from the same series in the nomination? That's not okay. So here's why this one surprises. Where's Gojo? Ooh. Did Gojo not dominate the internet? For like the first why isn't Gojo in any... Now that you... Wait, okay, wait. No, 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 no. This was Core 2. Was he a part of... That's what they were judging off of. They wasn't judging off. Was Gojo really doing badass shit in Core 2? Wasn't he right there with uh, the Toto versus Yushi? He was right there. Yeah, yeah. He he, he saw... What yeah, the... Blue, red, purple. You know, where's Gojo? Holy I, cow. I'm surprised by his entire category, to be honest. Like, the fact that they felt so limited that they would put two for Tokyo Revenge. I love Mikey. Yeah. Dragon's not necessary. Why are there two there and not Gojo? I'm, I, I should have to say it. Gojo dominated the internet for like the first half of the year. Yeah. I wouldn't even... Like, it goes back to there's, there's got to be a lot of recency bias that they're forgetting what a lot of like the earlier in the year series did and the characters that people loved earlier like, in the year. Best boy. I mean, does do the main characters of Demon Slayer and My Hero Academia not count? Where's One Piece? Where's where's a lot of... Like One Piece got completely shafted on. Like One Piece had a godlike freaking year. <laughs> Of anime. We don't need that on here. No One Piece. I, Black I, Clover. I, Come on, man. It had three Gojo months. In. Where's Yami at? Uh, no I, I, maybe there's just like best boy. You have to be under a cer certain age limit H. or something. I don't know. Well, that could be. Yeah, because he's all younger. Okay. That would make sense. I don't know about uh, Taxi because that looks like it's supposed to be the representation of a grown man, right? Right. Probably somebody screaming, no, you don't know nothing about our taxi for them. Shut know. up. <laughs> where's Tanjiro? Where's Tanjiro? Where's, I don't know if they would have put him, but where's Deku? Deku is a solid vote. Um, he might have even been on it before for previous years. Yeah, because that, yeah. that that season the whole season five aired through 2021 right that wasn't a crossover right that was all of 2021, 2021. yeah so, yeah and deku had like the first half of the anime the main thing of, of that season was deku and his um learning the black whip and stuff yeah i mean the vast majority of the season was deku i think we only got like what what was it four or five episodes of yeah, the villain and now that i'm looking hold on because we only have four categories left this is one of the first years since i've been following the Crunchyroll anime awards that My Hero Academia isn't completely slaughtering. Like every year, that was one of the complaints I always see people saying. That's a telling sign of season five to me, well, but. At some point, there was one where they just swept. Yeah, they ate everything. Or was it four? Season four, they might have swept like everything. That is telling though of what season, the damage season five has done. Wow. And they recover with season six. I don't think so, because they're going to keep making these movies. Ten, what, what was it, 10 movies, 10 years, something like that? Yeah. Let's scoot it's on the over. Last year the manga, but okay. Unless we get My Hero Academia. Mikey should class. For me. For me class. I haven't seen everything else. I love Mikey, but. Really? Mike? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, Mikey. Like I said, that, that would have been my choice if it wasn't for Boy. I just wanted ranking of, Kings, uh, ranking of Kings to win something. To get a dub, yeah. Yeah, like, come on. Although Tokyo Revengers really ain't get one either. And I love Tokyo Revengers, man. So either one I would have been fine with. All righty. Best ending sequence. Winner, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba Mugen Train arc. So are they, they just referring to, like, the ending song, ending theme? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I really wasn't familiar with ending themes like that for any of these things, I think. I probably would have gone with either Titan 
or Demon Slayer? I would have gone with um, So I'm a Spider, So What. That was a, that was a intense, powerful ending that I watched every time I finished that episode. Is that a is that an Isekai series? Yes. Oh, okay. I need to get back into watching a few Isekai. I let the amount of Isekai popping up kind of get deter me away from the whole genre. So I'm like, oh, there's too many. I need to start getting back in. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this one I'm sure will be a little more versed in. Best opening sequence winner. And the winner is Attack on Titan Final Season Part 1, Shinsei Kamatechan. Yeah, I did a butchering all that. See, th- here's something that I would have thrown Demon Slayer, the moving train opening sequence in here because I really loved that opening for the readaptation. I was like, okay, we, we got a fire opening, but it's not. So we got Attack on Titan. We got Beastars, Jujutsu Kaisen, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, Odd Taxi. They just want us to watch Odd Taxi and Tokyo Revengers. I'm not even gonna lie. I probably would give it to Tokyo Revengers because I either Tokyo Revengers or Jujutsu Kaisen. I, I like that Attack on Titan. I don't know. Yeah, I'd probably go with Tokyo Revengers because I, I played that on my own time. I feel like they put some variety picks um, yeah. here. I I really enjoyed JJK's. I enjoyed Tokyo Revengers. And I enjoyed Attack on Titans. But I do think I'm surprised that Attack on Titan won out because, you know, I remember when it was when that intro just came out, people were talking all kinds of crazy stuff about it. They were not fans. Yeah, I remember that too. Oh, you, Titan intro. That was probably the one that people liked the least. You think people voted thinking that this was the newest one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I promise they're winning this next year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's nothing could compare to that. Just for my own fun, anytime I start an episode of part one of Attack on Titan, I listened to this opening, but like it was remixed with Pop Smoke. So I was just behind <laughs> going fire. into it. <laughs> Remix with Pops. Yo, that's fire as fuck. <laughs> I don't know who made that, but that was fire. I remember it too. Smoke will never clear. Yeah, that was a nice variety they had. And I, I give it to Tokyo Avengers on my behalf. Either that or I really liked uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Like almost all the music for Jujutsu Kaisen was real fire for me. So two left. We got best animation. Second to last and best animation. It had to win. Um, Studio yeah. Ufotable, Demon Slayer. Studio that was unfair, to be honest yeah. with you. That's animation from a, a $15 million budgeted yeah. film compared yeah. to... It better win. Yeah. 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 Other than that, Jujutsu Kaisen could have taken it or VV, I'd say probably. But no, it had to be Demon Slayer. There's no... Yeah. I mean, beyond big budget... JJK would have won, um, but Demon Slayer, I mean, it did everything. You could not ask for more, except what? with this latest season. But yeah, Studio Ufo Table did everything. What about Wonder Egg? <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm really curious how many nominations Wonder Egg has in total. Like, I it was like in almost everything. Through. It literally was like in almost everything we touched. <laughs> Oh snap! So that's the real winner, Loki. Like, yeah, <laughs> you got nominated that many times, so, you know, you just getting snubbed. I, I mean, I, it was a wacky series, and it was like it looked beautiful and all that, but just in comparison, the competition was stiff. Like, there's a lot of steep shit. If it was, if it was a lighter year, they would have swept. Probably. You know, surprise isn't on anything so far. Didn't the Black Clover anime finish up in 2021? I, it should have at least got best opening. At least should have got a nomination. Or, or that Yami Asta versus uh, what was it? Oh, versus Dante. Dante. Yeah. yeah surprising. They should have got at least yeah, one nomination. And look. Black Clover has been holding it down for Crunchyroll. It's a top anime on Crunchyroll. Holding it down, wow. carrying on its back. When no, when nothing else is dropping, when you're waiting for the hot releases, 
Black Clover is here week after week after week. That's disrespectful. And they repay it with not even giving it a goddamn mention, yo. What the hell? Disrespectful. Well, let's go to the king of it all. The number one thing that everybody wants to know. What was chosen for anime of the year? And the winner is... Attack on Titan Final Season Part 1 by Studio Mappa. Holy cow. Wow. Uh, Are y'all in agreement with that? Because nominations... Anyway, let me read those out. 86, Attack on Titan, Jujutsu Kaisen for Core 2, Odd Taxi, Ranking of Kings, and Sunny Boy. Where's Wonder Egg? I'm surprised. Sunny Boy over Wonder Egg? No way. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I agree. I'm not mad. I would have probably given it, though, Ranking of Kings. From the main ones that we're looking at, AOT, JJK, and Ranking of Kings. AOT, it had the 3D CG issues with the part one. JJK, second core. It was dope, but it was only half a story. Ranking of Kings, you could argue those first 12 episodes felt like a whole damn story in and of itself. And it was so different, unique. The animation was fluid as hell. I don't know. I I really love Ranking of Kings. But that's not to slight, because at the end of the day, Attack on Titan Final Season Part 1 was still very freaking amazing. Likewise with Jujutsu Kaisen. And I'm sure all the other participants, but I probably would have given it to Ranking of Kings. I don't, it's hard to even quantify what goes into all this, but like just off of impact alone, AOT just sweeps anything for the year. I mean, it was crashing the website every week. To this day, it still is, you know? Yeah. So people love to discredit these series as if they're not shaking the world right world. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless they're in Titan, are shaking the whole world, not just the anime culture. Like, come yeah. on, man. People, I mean, people do that because they don't like agreeing with things that are popular. A lot of times. Contrarians. Yeah, try to be different. But yeah. no, Attack on Titan definitely is way too powerful, has too much going on. And like, I mean, this has been a long ride that has been enjoyable for so long. And the journey up to season four, part mm-hmm. one. Like, let's not forget how crazy that jump was, you know, from season three or four. Like, this is a long time coming. That was a gamble. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think it makes sense. I'm happy with it. It's crazy that n- this time next year, it'd be awesome to do this. And we will be talking about like Bleach. We will be talking about like a whole new roster because a lot of these are out of oh, here. Man. Chainsaw oh, man. man. Oh, God. I'm going to be so biased. I'm going to be so yeah. goddamn yeah. biased. I, I, I'm honestly. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Maximum power. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is going to be crazy. If they adapt it as they should, as I expect them to, I want every category. I want a clean sweep for Chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonder Egg, but actually winning. (laughs) Although, although I will say, despite the incredible nature of Chainsaw Man, there is Attack on Titan that is airing right now that they're going to have to compete with. All right. My hero. Oh, no. My hero. Let's... Let's talk about some real competition here. Oh, no! <laughs> Listen, yeah. you're right. Demon Slayer, I want I want best performance. I I, I want, what, best, best fight? Best fight. Best, best fight. animation. Best animation. This is going to be a crazy one. Oh, no, that's a... Oh, my God, this is going to oh, be no. way I'm more like, tough. Yeah, next year is going to be a real, real fight. And here's how it balances out, right? Because just like what we're dealing with in this one, Next year, we're going to deal with recency bias. So even though Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer are massive right now, it'll be a little bit more leveled because by then people will be a little bit, you know, okay, you know, yeah, this yeah, happened. Yeah. So it'll balance itself out. Oh my God. That's No, that's seriously going to be a tough year. Like, I can't even, best fight, I already give it to Demon Slayer right now. 
But then you got Bleach coming out. Then you got Chainsaw Man. Like, it's going to be heavy. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. I'm, like, really excited. (laughs) Like, nah, now I'm like, yo, this year, 2022, is actually pretty heavy for this medium we got. This was an amazing episode we did here. Uh, Let us know what you guys think. Do you think that they nailed it? What you would have changed for the uh, winners of the Crunchyroll Anime Awards? And just in general, your two cents for the next years to come. I want to thank my guys here over at Plot Armor for joining me for this really, really awesome event. And uh, hopefully we do this again next year in general and keep on uh, creating content together because it's always a freaking amazing time with you guys. Absolutely, it's um, a blast. Glad to be back here a second time on for Never World and for Never Game. Sure, this uh, is this is amazing. Bring us back, re- yeah. For ser- back. seriously, we'll have you over. We'll have you come over. Hell yeah, dog! I'm I'm all for it, baby. But I'm for Never World, and as always, people have an awesome day. And remember the golden rule: anime and manga for life. Bye. Have an awesome day. Peace in. And you guys just watched another episode of Whatever News. Have an awesome day.